to fall asleep to that recording i'm just worried that like if i leave it right here that i'm going to say something really loud and it's going to be incredibly loud you planning on being mad in this episode trevor i'm sure i will say something that will be mad adjacent at least <laughs> mad adjacent. <laughs> well speaking of mad adjacent this is the matt adjacent host of nice. off the crossbar my name's kyle i figured i didn't i we should Matt's not here is what I'm trying to allude to. It's me, it's Kyle, and I'm I'm going to steer the ship, I guess. I don't know how to do this on on this show, but Trevor is with me as always. Mm-hmm. We're joined by correspondents, the pod doctor, Colin, and the hey, pod we, I kind of want to call you the pod architect, Ian. Okay, I'll take it. Hmm, okay. How we feel? We can sit with that one. We can yeah, we, let's. We'll, we'll let that one marinate. We'll yeah, see what, we'll, we'll see. What comes from it. Mm, yeah. Well, boys, uh, Matt's in. He escaped the frozen tundra that is the greater. I think the entire state of Utah, quite honestly, um, is covered. Are you guys having fun in the snow? Is my is my big question, Trevor? I think you spent the most in it. Uh, no, not having any okay, fun cool. whatsoever. We're having, we're, we're trying this thing where we're having a good attitude about it, but we're not having fun. <laughs> I just like, uh, my boss sent out a text and like, we, everybody knew the storm was coming. It's not a surprise, but my boss always sends out a text before big storms. And he's like, Hey guys, it's supposed to snow. So, you know, leave early tomorrow and get to work on time. And you know, that kind of boss stuff. And yesterday yeah. he sent out a text. It was like, Guys, we're serious. This is going to be a mess of a storm. It's going to cause a bunch of problems. And so you guys should leave like an hour earlier than you normally do. Um, an hour early and an hour earlier than the normal early when it's a storm? No, just an hour okay. earlier than what your normal non-storm sure. travel expectations are. So he was just like, this one's going to be big. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be a lot of people on the road and it's going to be, you know, so get to work and, you know, just plan ahead and that whole thing. And I woke up like an hour earlier than I usually do. And I was on the road an hour earlier. Usually when he sends the those sure. texts out, I'm just like, whatever, dude, I'm an hour out. I'm going to be late. Just deal with it. It's fine. But he sent it this time and I decided to listen to it. And I got to work almost on time, despite leaving about an hour earlier than I usually do. And not actually going like to the shop like I normally do. I went to South Jordan to do work um, there. So it took like an hour and a half to get to South Jordan. And the whole time... Planning ahead, I was like, I can either be mad about the storm or just like try to have a good attitude about it. So we just tried to recognize that it was going to be garbage this morning, and it yeah. was, and we weren't bad. mad or upset about it. We just were dealing with it. So positive mental attitude, guys. Ian, did you guys get this any part of the storm? See, I, I'm I'm like I'm trying to find like an Idaho hat or something yeah. because I was in Lehigh last week and my air conditioner kicked on. It was like nice and beautiful down there. Yeah. Uh, and then I got home and we have like, I have like a 24 inch deep snow covering my entire backyard. Mm-hmm. And then everyone in Salt Lake today was like, oh man, we got eight inches. And I'm like, oh, we get that like every other week. So we, yeah, however, well, this storm was supposed to come to Idaho and you guys got it this time. And I am, I am somewhat reveling in that because I mean, they were like 
ready to preemptively cancel schools here for Monday and Tuesday. And then it just kind of skipped us. And then apparently it, it blessed you all with the white powdery stuff. It smoked us. Colin yeah. did a uh, wait, Colin, Trevor, did either of your kids school get canceled or did you? Oh, yeah. To yeah. They canceled Salt Lake City School District last night. Did not cancel. We got emails and calls at like 530 in the morning, I think, saying that it was a two hour delayed start. Mm, okay so i think yeah. like i think it was last week even that they did an asynchronous learning day anyway which is like where the kids don't come to school but they're supposed to have like online assignments and stuff like that yeah so like they're probably like who cares just cancel school <laughs> all right they, they're already used to not coming to school it's fine yeah Async. i love that word. that's one we, of the things we've that... been using that word at work a lot lately <laughs> to try to justify having fewer meetings and we're doing a bunch of async work. So we're synergizing. Sorry, Trevor, cut you off. One of the things that I kind of appreciate about the pandemic is that everybody learned how to like work from home. And so kids did too. So there's, there's definitely days where it's just like the school has the ability to just be like, nah, stay home. We'll just do online stuff and everybody get on the zoom calls and stuff like that. Yeah, so there's like two feet of snow on my road, um, like it, through like right next to where my house is, and a bunch of like SUVs were getting stuck. <laughs> like this guy that drives this like Audi SUV that I assume is all wheel drive was was stuck this morning, and then someone else in a Ford Escape uh, got stuck, and then she just left her car in the middle of the road where it was stuck for like a solid five hours. <laughs> it's nice, just sitting there. Um, but someone came and helped her, uh, like I was going to go help, but then she just disappeared. So then there was just a car sitting there and I was like, I, I'm not going to go. Like, I don't know what to even do. here. And then it kept snowing and then, uh, someone came and helped her and then they dug it out and now it's gone. So, um, my, there's no, no plows in sight over here. Just a bunch of buried in cars. And I luckily did not have to go anywhere today. I don't know how, I mean, listen, the Subaru Crosstrek is beefed up with a bunch of standard Subaru Crosstrek things, but uh, I didn't want to put it to the test today. So hopefully everyone out there is staying cozy and safe uh, and didn't have anything crazy happen to them today because it seemed like a bad day to have something crazy happen to you. But it was uh, it was fun to be cozy, I guess, all day and, and work from home. Um, what's we go- had what- the... Oh, yeah. sorry. I want. I wanted to provide visual evidence. We've talked about this before, but yeah. they never plow outside my driveway. Oh yeah. So I just posted in Slack like what my driveway to the road looks like right now. <laughs> that was after I pulled in from work. You could see the little bit that they do plow, but it's. I've still got thirty feet of yeah snow to drive through before picture. I get to the road. There was a guy, uh, my next door neighbor. I can't remember his name, but his name, his brother's name is Barry. <laughs> So I call him Barry's brother. So Barry's <laughs> <Yeah>. brother, <laughs> Barry's brother was uh, out. He like took it upon himself to start shoveling the street, like the street, <laughs> like with with, uh, with an actual like small shovel. Like and a shovel. He was out there for us. Like I, I, for a while, I thought he was connected to the car that was stuck in the middle of the road. But I think that he just was like, somebody's got to do something about this. And he just got a shovel and I watched watched him try to, it, he, it looked like so much work because every it's just like two, three feet of snow. And he it was it was it was a tough scene. But Barry's brother did his best. He got like a tiny chunk of the road cleared. 
So I appreciate that. Hopefully somebody rolls through in like a four wheeler or something and digs us out over here because we always get skipped by the. Oh, also, it was garbage day. And then I got an email that was just like, yeah, we're by the way, we're just not getting garbages today. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> we're not. The daybreak that. was just like, nope, no garbage. <laughs> They're like, it's a it's a garbage day. We're not getting garbage today. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing this the garbage way on garbage day and we're, you're, you're not getting anything. They really should let us write the copy like that. Really? That, I don't even know what the email actually said. It was pretty I warm. promise what we just said was better than the email. Oh, yeah. Garbage. No, for sure. Garbage day update. Garbage day has been canceled. That sucks. It cancel culture has gone way too far. I can't believe. <laughs> I can't believe that this is that this has happened, but um yeah so shout out south jordan city for the garbage day update garbage delay um they really you know they really messed up blown opportunity boys it's uh it's i think we should kick off a little little social hour how are uh how are you guys doing colin let's start with you i'm gonna go a little clockwise on my end so i don't know if it's the same for you guys but we're, we're going to the pod doc kick things off what's what's been going on since the last time we talked to you we're gonna need like a six month update since you've been yeah this is quite an update so uh before thanksgiving what i did was no i'm just kidding um so let's see uh i had uh i got incredibly lucky um and got to spend basically the entire weekend at the nba all-star events um yeah did you get like free tickets or like what was going on over there I like I didn't get free tickets. Uh, really, um, my brother's friend got tickets to All Star Saturday night, and okay. so that was the uh, dunk competition and three point competition and skills challenge. Um, and then the our mutual where, friend uh, Kyle Mac Jordan, McClung. yeah, oh, well, yeah, the one where Mac McClung won the dunk contest. That's a real person. Yes, by the way. Mac McClung, uh, well known NBA player. Um, had been on a, a roster definitely more than one week before so, the. Uh, <laughs> The dunk contest. Did he get a two-way contract just to participate in the dunk contest? I'm pretty sure he did, yes. That's like what it seems like. Mac McClung is a G League player. Uh, He's 24, I think. He's got one of the weirdest forearm tattoos you've ever seen. Just like doesn't fit his whole vibe. Doesn't look like... He's like 6'2". Doesn't look like he should be able to dunk. Not only can he dunk, he's like... He put on one of the best dunking performances we've ever seen in the dunk contest. I, I compared it to the NBA wedding, like a, a marketing account manager when the dunk contest. That's what he looked like. He was like a SaaS CSM. And yes. uh, he really just crushed it out there. We yeah. love to see it. How, uh, it was, how was that night, by the way? Uh, it was super incredible. So the tickets me and my brother had were like up in the upper bowl. Yeah. Um, but our mutual friend Jordan ended up getting tickets. Um, and he took my sister Brooke because uh, he was just like, I'm looking for someone to go with me right now. And so yeah. my sister went with him. Um, and then they were like, hey, we're sitting in the lower bowl and there's no one sitting next to us. So you should just come sit with us. <laughs> yeah. um, and the one thing I learned about NBA All-Stars is that security is not very tight, surprisingly. You guys should have um, gone onto the court know. by where all the players hang out and like. I probably probably could have like nobody yeah. once checked my tickets. Basically, I got in the building and nobody cared where I went at all. Um, How so yeah, close we went did you just, get to Janelle Monae is the question. No, I didn't. I didn't get to see Janelle Monae, which... Um, oh, she was on Friday night yeah. and Sunday night. Okay, sorry. I wonder what yeah. she was up to Saturday. Uh, anyway, that's well, I mean, if I had known, that's where I would have been, Kyle. Yeah, I'll check back. It's um, I'll report. She has to be like one of the most beautiful women. Uh, maybe did even you, people alive. Like, it's unbelievable. Did you see that? Tweet? There was... She, uh, she 
she's really funny on Twitter. Anyway, I'll get back in a sec. She there was somebody tweeted something really funny at her, and she uh, so anyway, keep going. Yeah. Um. So yeah, got to see the dunk dunk contest uh, through tickets for through a brother's friend, um, and that was super fun. And then uh, Jordan again got tickets to the to the All Star game, and I was just like, well, I guess I now have tickets to Sunday. Do you want to go to that? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. Um, and so the all-star game was super fun. Um, the, the stage, we sat right behind the stage. So whenever they were like announcing the players or like doing the draft or like yeah. post Moan was playing, our view was entirely obstructed. I saw absolutely <laughs> none of that, um, which was pretty funny. And well, then, okay. So one thing, one comment I had, we were, when we were watching, like I watched a lot of this on TV, I was very confused about like, I thought for a second, I thought some like the concert stuff was taking place in, an, in another building because I was like, how are they going to clear that out so quickly? But they literally like removed a ton of the seats on the end zone, I guess. And then yeah, put a stage the over there and then just left it over there. Like <clears throat> so that you were above that. Then. Yeah, correct. I see. OK. Um, and uh, I mean, the All-Star game was silly. Um, I mean. Obviously, no one's trying very hard, but yeah. but you got to see guys launching up threes from half court and stuff, and so that was pretty fun. Okay, um, so one of the funny dynamics about the All Star Game is like the way they do it now is that there's two teams, there's a draft and all the or the yeah, essentially a draft, and they uh, each team represents a charity, <laughs> correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And the winning team, the winning team, the charity that they're connected to gets like a half million dollars or something uh and like a bunch of people that represent each charity are at the game and they're like wearing specifically specific colored shirts and they have to watch a bunch of guys like they have to watch the potential fate of their charity hang in the balance of a bunch of guys who like really don't care about this game and right <laughs> yes that, that is that is 100 percent true that's kind of um, crazy what well, runs like it was LeBron's team was not especially not taking it very seriously. Yes. Uh, so I think Giannis's team won three quarters and the fourth or two quarters and the fourth quarter. Yeah. So like Giannis's charity got way more money than LeBron's charity, um, <laughs> like, which which was just weird. I think one year it was like send these like kids to college or something. So it was like Scott's tots, except the Michael Scott situation is like, you're watching LeBron (laughs) just mess around out there and hope that he puts it together. Or in this case, hope Jason Tatum goes off for 56 points. But anyway, I always thought, I think that's really funny that there's like a lot of money at stake, but to these guys, it's like nothing. And then it's just kind of like the Elsewhere game felt particularly sleepy on television. I, I do. It, I'm sure it was very fun to be at, but like it was a slog for. for oh, I, yeah. I haven't watched an all star game in years um, yeah. for a reason. It was crazy. Um, anyway. I mean, for free, it was a, it was an amazing event, quite a spectacle. Uh, I mean, it's what, what I thought was really funny about the all star game is that you could tell that there were some players who just really could not care less. Jokic, Luka Doncic, like these guys had no interest yeah. in anything that was going on at this game at all. Um, but like Jason Tatum was tryharding so much that yeah. it was so funny. Like you could clear that it was like, it's clear that in his, in his head, he's like, I'm just going to win MVP. When they give me the ball, I'm going to put it up every single time. And, and it was funny because you could tell that Donovan Mitchell had the same idea, yeah. right? Donovan's like, I'm in Salt Lake. Yeah. This would be a great time for me to win all-star MVP. And Jason totally. Tatum was like, every time he got the ball, just like launched it and wouldn't, wouldn't even look at Donovan. So it was like, 
those two guys on the same team were basically like, we want MVP. And Jason Tatum was just like, no, nope, I'm, I'm getting 56 points. I'm getting MVP. You're not getting it. It was very funny. That's awesome. So the tweet was Janelle Monet finally finally showing off how fine she is instead of dressing like a Monopoly man. <laughs> <laughs> Which it is funny because Janelle Monet like famously like wears like a lot of kind of like kind of funny outfits. Uh, but she quote tweeted and said, 35,000 likes, no new tour. Hope it was worth it, beloved. <laughs> She's funny. I like her. Um, anyway. Yeah, that's cool, man. I'm glad you got to go to all those, uh, all yeah. the events. It was crazy because I went into the weekend thinking I was going to do none of it. Um, yeah. Like I was, I had no plans to be even be downtown at all. Um, and then like last minute, I also bought tickets to go see the all-star practice, which was on Saturday as well. Um, and so then I just spent the whole weekend um, uh, at the all-star events, which was pretty cool. Um, and then I got sick. So oh. I've been under the weather since Monday. Um, been tested negative for COVID three straight days. So I don't think it's COVID this time mm. or anytime. So far, I've never tested positive for COVID. I've now outlasted Kyle. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but so like, you know, do I, have I been anywhere? No, like I haven't been out of the house in three days. So nice. Well, I hope you get feeling okay. better. I hope there's some sleepy tea in there. Ah, there is. Yes, it is. It is literally sleepy time vanilla tea. That's what I'm saying. Man. I can smell that's, it from uh, here. That's Charlie's favorite. Yeah. Zencaster added a uh, smell feature. So for a little peek behind the curtain, I can I can smell Trevor's coffee. Mm-hmm. I can smell the exhaust from Ian's Volks, various Volkswagen. <laughs> I was going to say, I've got the 3D printer behind me too. I can crank that on and we'll get going. Yeah. That sounds, I love and then And then my upcoming update is that uh, Sarah and I are going to California this weekend. Um, for her mother's family reunion. So we're flying into Sacramento um, and then we're going to Stockton, California and then spending a day or two in paradise before we come home. So I love to hear it. That's awesome. Uh, Ian, let's go to you. You're next on my clockwise uh, clock. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, uh, So I did look and it has been November 16th is the last time Colin and I were on. So you so November 17th Thanksgiving update was actually needed. Yeah. Whoever made the Thanksgiving comment, that was that was very apt. I was like, wait, has it been that long? Uh, It's been that long. Um, You know, just just been hanging out and doing stuff and not watching any of the TV shows you guys recommend or any of the movies because I'm you've lame. been spending I was meaning to ask you this. So you've been spending a lot of time with your local hockey team. Is this correct? I have. Yes. Yes. Tell me about. OK, so I, I piece it together. I drove by the Mountain America Center. Is that where they play? That's correct. OK. And they have a very like socialisty looking logo. <laughs> I, am I am I incorrect? I like when I saw the. The jersey, like you posted a picture of the jersey. Maybe you were wearing a jersey. I can't remember. Yeah. I was like, Dude, that's a sick jersey. So tell me about the team. Cause, and like, I, I don't even know like what league they play. Are they semi professional? So here's the deal is as someone who coaches youth soccer at a relatively high level for the area that I live in, I thought the US youth soccer pyramid was a disaster. Um, and then I got introduced to the junior hockey pyramid and it is much, much worse. Okay. Um, so the team we have here is the Idaho Falls Spud Kings. Yes, they're called the Spud Kings. 
That's awesome. Uh, I mean, that's a great name. There's it's better it's than just like the Tigers or something. That that was the, that's the high school here, so don't get too out of hand. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the logo is a potato on ice skates with a crown made out of butter, um, and the logo that Kyle is talking about is a, a hockey gloved fist holding a hockey stick coming out of the middle of the state of Idaho, which does look very very socialist. Uh, yeah, which is why that's the one that I purchased is because I was like this one. I don't want the one that's got a skating spot on it. Um, so basically what it is, is it is a scouting league is what they consider it. And so players pay to be in this league. It is U21. So under under 21 to 50, we have a 16 year old on our team. So obviously 16 year olds are encompassed wow, in that. Okay. Um, and basically they're part of this bigger league and this bigger league provides them like, you know, a scouting resource for college scouts. And the, the general idea is to try to help them get into college. So the players pay to be in this league. I think they kind of get randomly assigned to a team. And then from there they can get traded within teams, but they're initially kind of randomly assigned from what I understand. Um, and then they just play there's i think there's something like 60 or 70 teams that in this like overall thing um we have six teams we have six teams in our division so we've got two in colorado three in utah and one here what are the utah teams uh you've got the ogden mustangs the provo predators and the utah outliers which are currently in salt lake but are going to be in park city next year or two years so Currently, those games look pretty high. Though. Like a lot of people go to those in Idaho Falls, right? So from what I understand, we're the only. So I mean, Utah Outliers—they're the top of the—they're the top of the division. They win every game they play. They're going to go play in the national playoffs. Uh, on a good day, they can maybe start to fill the rec center that they play in in West Valley. Um, whereas we have a four thousand person stadium that has sold out for almost every game. That's crazy. Uh, and so like, and we've, we're the bottom, we're the bottom team in the league. <laughs> we still sell out every game. Um, so like the outliers, when they move to park city, their, their stadium's going to have a 2000 seats, but we'll still have the biggest stadium. And so far we we're outperforming everyone else. Uh, as far as capacity, as far as attendance anyways. Um, but yeah, it's fun because it's, you know, it's 19, 20 year old kids. They're out there playing for their for their shot. So um, I posted a picture on my Instagram the other day. I got to meet one of my favorite players. Uh, he's the he's uh, the enforcer of the group. Um, nice Canadian kid. I actually got to meet his family as well as his dad came up and took a picture with me because I got my jersey. I put his number on it. And nice. Yeah. His dad. What's his, name? his name is Noel Clausen. But uh Anyways, it's 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 a lot of fun. Next year we go up to like a slightly higher division where we'll play teams from like the East Coast. Like I think there's a Boston Bruins like junior team involved in this league now and stuff like that. So it's cool. It's the closest thing to a professional sport we have here. We do have like a third or fourth tier baseball team, but I think they're no longer affiliated with an MLB team. So it, that's kind of losing some of its luster yeah. a little bit. Anyways, big hockey head now. So that's nice. that's where where we're at. Um, 
I, I appreciate hockey because I feel like when I watch hockey, I, all the tactics are very similar to that of a soccer game. It's just way faster. Yeah. Right. Like, like I, I understand how play should build up. I understand like, you know, like when I'm watching it, I naturally from watching soccer, like I understand what these guys are trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, I don't watch a lot of hockey because there's, there's no professional hockey team here. I'm not a big Grizzlies head. Um, but like, I, I like when I watch hockey because I'm like, oh, I actually understand what's going on in this game. Well, and, and the, the, the kind of knock on effect that's about it being so popular here is a lot of the kids that I coach um are have been going to the games or have at least been starting to get an interest in hockey and one of the things that we struggle with at the youth soccer level is the idea of transitioning everyone either wants to attack or defend but no one wants to play the in-betweens yeah and so being able to take you know i run into them at hockey games and i'm like hey watch how quickly they transition from attacking to defense like the rule the the concept is the same here you, they just have to immediately transition. Once they lose the puck, they now have to defend, and they they do that immediately. And that's that's that speed that you need to have on a soccer pitch. And so it's kind of ended up being like a really good coaching point for some weird reason that I apply to soccer because I, I made a joke pretty early in the season that you know hockey is just soccer with fights um, and razors on your feet. So I have such a hard time watching hockey on tv just because i like i don't know if i'm too blind to like my brain just doesn't like track the puck very well and i'm just like watching a bunch of angry skating but it is you need that 90s effect that they used to put on the puck yes no god that's so bad (laughs) and see i don't i don't really like watching it on tv but that's mostly because soccer has ruined the way that i watch any other sport on tv because i'm used to being able to watch 45 minutes have a 15 minute break and then watch 45 more minutes yeah and so when it's like like well or in some cases you watch 45 minutes of liverpool play uh real madrid and then the game just ends at halftime and then they're like yeah it's it's crazy that they did that yeah it's crazy that they're just like two two the scores two two figure things out in leg two yeah uh we're just gonna pack it up we think that's a good place to end it yeah everyone's feeling everyone go home everyone hydrate it's it's been warm out here kind of unprecedented but like you know, I actually I had to I had to go into a meeting at halftime, like at work, and so I turned the <laughs> so game off, and it was perfect. I watched all of that game that I wanted to see. Yeah, I uh, flipped. I mean, breaking the bit here, I flipped it back on uh, just to, just in time to see Benzema's uh, fifth goal or the the fifth goal there, and uh, it was pretty pretty sweet to while be on a work meeting, like look over to my right, turn it back on, and be like, okay, immediately back off. So. Yeah, uh, see, I was at my orthopedic surgeons when it when the game was on, so I was very excited for, like, oh, you know, this appointment sucks. I'm very excited to go home and watch Liverpool at least play Real Madrid. I don't know and I, last time I, I said that sentence. Don't even think I got that. Um, and so, I haven't been excited to. Watch. I don't think I've felt other than like the like the first game of the Premier League season. Uh, the last time I felt like genuine excitement to watch Liverpool was when I watched the last Champions League final with Colin and Dustin, and uh, that was the last. I mean, time I remember the, feeling the Merseyside derby was fun to watch this year, and well, that's, yeah, that was fun. That was By mostly the time just it was over. It was fun, but like I don't, I wasn't looking forward to watching Liverpool play a soccer game. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was mostly just because, like, uh, as I've learned in the last couple of days, I follow a lot of people. 
um, that are Everton supporters. And so I got to, you know, really have a laugh at them when Liverpool won. And then I got retribution tenfold as they're all watching the Champions League game now and, you know, making subtle little jokes about it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. How did Everton do in the Champions League game? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I don't (laughs) like I am so unbelievably unconcerned about like what Everton has to say about anything. But I do feel just bad watching Liverpool continually lose to Real Madrid every single year. And I, I made I made a joke on Twitter. It's like it's like like it's like paper and rock. Right, yeah. like Liverpool cannot beat Real Madrid. There's no universe in which they can. It always wins. This is going to be just the it. fourth time in the last like six years. I you don't to, to get knocked out. And I thought when we scored on Courtois, this is turning into Liverpool, but right, uh, right. Courtois was a brick wall last time we played them, and so to, yeah, to, to score twice goals? on Courtois, I was like, oh, we're in. This is done, baby. Yeah. And it That's wasn't. It. It, yeah, it was. was playing like left back. I was like, okay, we're okay. And then it all fell apart. Anyway, anyways, but I don't know well, what you guys are talking about. I have Trevor, to contribute to this whole conversation. Yeah, well, we can talk about Juventus losing 15 points. We could talk about Napoli being like a completely like Napoli's. I hope Napoli wins champion. Yeah, they're they're unstoppable. Napoli right? is very very good. Juve is the worst. I, yes, I'm wearing my Napoli shorts, so everyone say nice things about Napoli. Nice. I do, I genuinely really like watching Napoli play. They're great. I think Victor Oziman is fantastic striker which is i'm not i i'm not i'm brave enough to say i think victor ozeman's a great wow player. you've been really brave these last couple weeks some yeah. of the takes you've had have been so brave people don't even know how brave i've been with my takes so it's <laughs> it's it's been a lot of them have been so brave that i'm keeping them secret in slack but uh, <laughs> trevor what have you been up to what's going on i i know i like i know i know a little bit about what all you guys have been up to i, I didn't i don't want to spoil yours but I, you you had a you had a nice looking day the other day we did have a nice looking day the other day. Um, so because of the all-star game, um, UTA did their free fair weekend or whatever they called it, um, where you didn't pay to ride UTA ever. And um, Charlie enjoys getting on tracks. We just don't really have any opportunities to get on tracks. Sure. All that. Cause it, I adore tracks and I adore public transportation, but it doesn't really go where we need to go all the time. Um, like to cousins houses and stuff like that. So we don't, we just don't get to take advantage of it that often, but when we can, we try to, and during the free weekends, whenever they do free weekends or free months or whatever, we always try to plan trips around tracks. And so we went up to, uh, the Utah museum of fine arts, uh, on Sunday, um, went up there, which I feel kind of bad because I've never been there before. And I feel like I definitely should have. Um, but it's, fantastic museum they've got a lot of really really incredible exhibits right now um they have one that's specifically towards um art about like the western expansion of the u.s um that's really really great and really excellent um that i really enjoyed um but yeah so we went to the museum spent a couple hours there had a blast and then we were just kind of walking around and finding places to go we wanted to grab something to eat it was still early enough in the day that it was kind of brunch hours. So we went to uh pig in a jelly jar. Ooh. Is that what it's called? Yep. Pig in a jelly yeah. jar. I used to live right by it by Liberty park. Great place. I've heard it's one of the places that like, I know is good. Everybody says it's good, but I've never been to. So we decided to go there. Um, got there. What was their fried chicken biscuit sandwich thing? Delicious. 
Very good. Charlie got the waffle. Um, also very good. Of course, great place. Um, and then we found out that there's a cat cafe also like yeah. just down the street. Shouts to, shouts to Tinkers. I love Tinkers. Shouts out to Tinkers. Had no, like I've heard of cat cafes, had no idea we had one in Salt Lake. So yeah, I had to go nice. check that out. Um, so that was great. And then at that point, it was pretty much Charlie was getting kind of sick of being out and about, wanted to get home. So we went home at that point. But we had a great day. It was a fun. Um, it's a cute day. Get to I see. Get to see the town and get to ride the trains and have a good time. It was a good time. I love. It. Did you uh, did you drive into town to take tracks or did you even take uh, like front runner up? We took front runner up. They've got a station in Provo, which is just far enough away that it's like not within walking distance. It's like a mile and a half from where I live, give or take. Um, so we drove to the front runner station in Provo, but then we rode front runner all the way up. Nice. Um, then yeah, hopped dude. on tracks and then that's great. That back. It's fun. Yeah, I love it. They should just make uh, the. You know, fares free all the time. I uh, agree. Yeah, but you know, if you don't get to write, like, if it was free all the time, especially on Front Runner, you wouldn't get the experience of someone trying to like mug you for your change when you're getting true. off the <laughs> the Front Runner yeah, in Provo. So, uh, which is when you when you started talking about that, I was like, oh, I've made a mile and a half walk from that station, and that was there was some interesting places on that walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, also nothing's free Ian. no free. There's, there's no, the free that, you know, they have to be able to make money. Libraries have to be profitable. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, there's no such thing as public service. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to me, like how it, every single year they do some free thing. And then every single time they do free thing, they break ridership record numbers and everybody's talking about how great, tracks actually is or how great front runner is and how convenient and nice and then they're like oh well, we should go back to charging people seven dollars to ride this thing and then nobody rides it again it's, i know it's a lot crazy of people used it this weekend too so uh i don't a know a lot of people used it yeah there's been a good experiment for them to run for a year but alas well they ran it for an entire month last year and like i said they broke record ridership numbers and yeah. everybody loved it it was great it's great. Yeah, that wasn't that was in the winter, right? It was no, it was February last year. Yeah, it was free yeah. fair February. Okay, I was gonna say because I, I think the whole month. Veronica and I were down there, and uh, we ate ice cream at the ice skating rink uh, with Matt and Jenny, and I think they had brought up that it was like free fair week or something like that. But yeah. Anyways, Kyle, how about you, buddy? <sighs> What's going on, guys? Well, I uh, since I we probably talked about it last. I got I can't remember if I mentioned it. Got very caught up on The Last of Us. Um, mm-hmm. So been 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 loving that show. I haven't really been watching too much else. Um, Sarah watched it all in one night. By the way, oh, she got caught up in a single night. That's a lot. Yep. It's like six episodes by the, when she started it. Yep, she watched all six. Nice. That's awesome. That's, that's a lot. How does she take that Good for her? Yeah, that's an emotional ride there. How did you like whatever? How do you, how do you just like watch the third episode and just keep going? It's fine. I, I don't know, man. Sarah's TV habits are unlike anything that I've ever seen. <laughs> She's got yeah. I mean, it's especially foreign to me. I'm a I'm a super bad TV watcher. I get like really anxious, like just like sitting there watching TV, and it's TV in particular. Yeah, like like some people, the episodic nature of it like makes it. It's it breaks it up a little bit easier. Yeah, but for some reason it it makes me it starts to make me like make me feel really antsy. Yeah, I feel I I see what you mean. Um, yeah, so 
uh other than that uh spent the the holiday weekend celebrating the president's in uh in ian's state his in the neighboring wyoming um did a little family ski snowboarding trip up at grand targi in technically wyoming but in the teton valley which is shared among the two states and it was great it was uh it was just absolutely beautiful um cannot I love that area so much. It was just an absolute blast. Targi is a really cool resort. I had never actually been, or I had been there before. I hadn't actually snowboarded there before. I was supposed to go last year, but I had that really cool eye surgery sneak up on me. Um, so I just, I went on the trip last year, but I didn't actually uh, ride my snowboard. But yeah, it's, um, how is the cybernetic eye? feels good. Uh, I, it, add some unwanted special effects to my field of vision, which I'm figuring out how to deal with, but uh, it's pretty cool having like just a blink and there's fun little lightning flashing across the screen. It's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Um, I had a, had a lovely trip up there. Uh, just, yeah, man, I, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Idaho. I, I, I get what, I get what Ian's up to up there. It's pretty sweet. Um, and spent some time in Jackson on, on Sunday, uh, went to my favorite restaurant in Jackson called cultivate cafe. Uh, I probably talked about it last fall. Um, it's like a restaurant whose entire menu is like perfectly catered to my diet, which is like, uh, for example, I got fried chicken and waffles, but like you can get like a a fully plant-based version, but it's like. Here's our our vegan waffle, our vegan gluten free waffle with vegan butter on it, and then a big old thing of gluten free fried chicken on it. <laughs> like, it's kind of funny to get like a vegan butter waffle with fried chicken. Anyway, so that's uh, but it was great. It's so good. Um, yeah, and it was just snowy and nice little uh, winter wonderland going on up there. And then it's just been a work week from uh. From HE double hockey sticks. Just kidding. It's been kind of busy though. Um, and today was was kind of nice, just uh vibing out in uh buried in my house all day. Other than that, I'm just really stoked for yeah, this start of the season this Saturday, some watch parties going on. I'm gonna be at the Kaye one on Saturday. Uh Alex from RSL Season Pass is doing a little watch party over there. Um yeah, planning on two footing a child probably on the field. It's gonna be I great. I'm wearing my, care, by the way. I mean, make sure you go full Nigel to Young on Alex. I'm planning on breaking a leg. Uh, yeah. not mine, by the way. You, I'm breaking okay. someone else's leg. So thank you for clarifying that. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, anyway, let's let's get into some uh let's get into some news about what's been what's been going on. So since we talked last, RSL released a new a new kit, a new a new golden shirt. And this comes at the heels of a couple leaks getting out online, uh, mm-hmm. one of which um, was a really bad photo of like players doing a photo shoot with the jerseys that was like basically like, oh, it's yellow. And then somebody saw the jersey at like Dick's Sporting Goods or something and posted a picture of that online. That was kind of a that that looked like not what the jersey looks like, too, for some reason. Um it was the fluorescent lights, but 
Lucas and I went and took some photos. Lucas made me wear the jersey. He took photos of me at the stadium. Um, Looking hot as hell, by the way. Wow, thank you. That was it. Was really really cold. I uh, it was. I was planning on just wearing just the jersey, but like uh, not. Well, I was gonna wear pants too. I had pants on. And, and the rest Fred, you just slide my interest parked right up. <laughs> I uh, meant that I was gonna. I was just my upper, my torso, my upper body and torso was just gonna have the jersey on. Ended up having to wear some like warm, long sleeve underneath and a beanie. It was so cold and it was very windy. And Lucas and I had had a fun little uh, intimate photo shoot in in the stadium. We walked around a little bit, saw the safe standing, which they had done more, but it does, when I say done more, I mean like done more safe standing because it's good and I want more of it. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, we're, I think two weeks from the, two weeks from Saturday is the first home game. Um, but yeah, so Got the new jerseys. How are you boys feeling about the jerseys? Because I uh, I feel like um, these are some of my favorites we've had in, in quite some time. I don't know, you, uh, Colin, I know you've brought up concerns about uh, us of, you know, Caucasian descent looking a little washed out in them. But like as far as the jerseys themselves go, they were they're pretty sweet. Yeah, I thought I thought that the jerseys looked great, you know, but every picture that I saw mostly was like guys in black hoodies with the jersey over it. Mm-hmm. And like stuff like that. So I was like, what is this actually going to look like on me as a hailish white man? Um, and then there was pictures of Jasper. And I was like, well, it doesn't get much paler than that. So <laughs> I, that, was, that was a good comparison. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Um, I thought they looked great. It's a cool design. Um, it's, a, it's a nice, you know, the, the old victory gold um, was kind of hideous. Um, and those, and those all the yellow jerseys. Want to make it um, clear that's just Colin's opinion. That does not reflect the opinions of the rest of us on Off the Crossbar. <laughs> that that bright yellow was man. I don't know about that. Uh, was the greatest good. thing that's ever come out of this team. No, no. Okay. Close. Remind me what our record is in those jerseys, Trevor. Doesn't matter, dude. They <laughs> look fly. <laughs> uh, but no, I liked them. I thought it looked great. The the videos and stuff that they released for the launch were cool. Yeah, it was great. It was super exciting. Um, and yeah, I I think they look nice. Um, I'm really just glad that they went back to doing something with the gold or the yellow. Um, I understand everybody's trepidation after the last ones, but I've always, ever since they did that, I thought that they should have leaned in more to the yellow or gold like as a color. Yeah. And I I love that they're leaning into it with this kit, like super heavy, but also not the old ones, like they were a little bit highlighter y. And if they released a highlighter yellow this time, what a sucks so bad. Would have been a real problem because we've seen what that looks like with the jazz jerseys, yeah. and that's what everybody was really worried about. And I'm glad that they didn't do that. Um so yeah, I just I like it when the team leans into like the third kind of alternate kind of stuff. Um just as a little special treat every now and then, every couple of years. Love to see it. I, I will mention that I, I am going to be, I, I know that they're not going to play in the cobalt shorts in them, and that's too bad. Because the yellow and the cobalt shorts would look so fly. They, we've been told over they, and over by several people that they, that they definitely are. are playing in oh, cobalt okay. shorts. Yeah, I, saw a bunch of, I saw a bunch of photos with the yellow shorts as they, well. What was kind of weird is that there were photos of both uh players wearing the yellow shorts and the blue shorts and it was unclear about what the the actual kit was going to be 
But I did. I, we did hear from Tyler directly that the plan is to wear blue shorts. Yeah, and Trey has tweeted it a couple times that it's it's for it's, yellow shirt, blue shorts. Yeah, it's for some of the other teams that have blue, darkish blue shorts that we'd have to wear the matching the yellow shorts. But the rest of the time, I think the plan is to be in the cobalt blue yeah. shorts. This is a little. That, that's great. That's good a news. little nitpicky, but the blue on the jersey on the new jersey and the yellow, like obviously the gold. Don't really match the blue that we used last season with the shorts and the yellow with the uh, yeah. yellow shorts. So I've got some, listen, I've got some hangups. It's fine. It'll be okay. And I'm telling so, myself that it's going to be fine, uh, but it's, it's going to look great out there. The boys are going to be looking sharp. Uh, as we go 0 for 10 through the summer. I'm just kidding. We're going to, it'll be a great, great. We're not going to wear them out, so, so it's fine. So since we're being nitpicky, I want to point out a couple of things that Please. I've noticed about it. Um, first of all, those are honeycombs in the pattern. Like I keep seeing people yeah. say that they're diamonds. They're honeycombs. Well, they're see. supposed to be honeycombs. Yeah, but I, I, that's what I'm saying is people keep saying yeah, that they're yeah. diamonds. I'm like, no, those they're honeycombs no. if you look at them, but they're so subtle that they do look like diamonds. Um, I, that's, that's one thing that I – if we're being nitpicky, that's one thing I wish that the pattern underneath would be a little bit more pronounced yeah. and a little bit more obvious. Um, when we first saw like the first like drawing or diagram of what it was or what it was going to be, like the concept of it, mm-hmm. um, somebody posted it somewhere like a month or two ago, I think, but it had a very clearly defined like honeycomb pattern yeah. through it. And it looks like they just super like washed that out and made it a, lo- a lot more subtle than been- it was, which... I'm not sure I, I would get, have been on I board. do wish it was just a little bit more pronounced. Maybe a tiny bit. So well, I think the I space think the- between the honeycombs makes triangles, and that might be leaning toward the diamond comments. But yeah, I know I've seen that quite a few times but, as well. Yeah, yeah I, I think that I don't know. So that's that's thing one. So thing two, and, and I know that this is an audio medium, so I won't lean too heavy into this. But Kyle is holding it up and it is like a yellow color. I can't, it's kind of a mustard. I can't it reach looks mustardy on the webcam. I can't reach mine right now, and I'm not going to take my headphones and everything off to go get it. But when I, because I picked mine up from the warehouse when I was down there last week, and men's warehouse. Just kidding. <laughs> and you're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. <laughs> um, in, in the warehouse, you know, they were all in bins. They were all like a nice yellow, like the the kind of that mustardy yellow. And people have called it like a champagne color, which I don't really, I don't think of champagne. It's less champagne than I, than it was initially described to me. It is more. But then I got it home and it's like a Dijon mustard. It's like almost like a darker yellow. So is yeah. what I'm, what I'm wondering is how does this yellow look on TV? How does it look against a pitch? How does it look in contrast with the blue shorts? Because it definitely like, it's just a subtle enough of a color that it, it almost can change a little bit. It almost like absorbs whatever is near it a little bit. And yeah, it, so it I, feels very lighting influenced, like whatever lighting it's in, it changes the color a little bit. If it's like bad lighting, it's a bad color. color. Yeah. And I have this really Neil good Young outdoor Harvest lighting. I think it's hat. <laughs> and it's like the same. It's, it, it's, but, and it, yeah, I, it's I creating I, outfits over here. The, the, and, and I think my other beef with it is that the replica kit doesn't look anything the same. And that I haven't always, even seen what it looks like. So uh, it's on it's on like the Fanatic store. It's like the only place you can get it right now. 
But okay, so we're going to need to compare the authentic. We're going to need to compare the replica. We're going to need to get a DH gate version in here, an Alibaba style, <laughs> uh, both the player coming, version. That's all cut very weird. Coming soon yeah. to the Wasatch Soccer Sentinel, the the great uh, the the great 2023 kit roundup. That's actually a great. That'll be my first article on there. Is me reviewing, <laughs> reviewing all the different kits. knockoffs. Yeah, my, that's a good idea. My nitpick, and I've, I've said it in other places, is that it's too expensive. Well, yeah. $150. $150 is absurd. Um, that's an absurd price for a soccer kit. And I don't think that's an RSL problem. I think that's generally an MLS problem. That's what they've decided the market is. That's absurd. It's sure. absolutely absurd to pay $150 for a soccer shirt. And that's not even including the customization with the name and number. That's that's an insane price. Yeah, it's it's a league wide price, and it's the highest price that like uh, of any league in the U.S. And I think it's the highest priced shirt in like world soccer. Like, yeah, you'd be hard pressed to find any soccer shirt. Like, I think baseball and hockey shirts can get that expensive, Um, but like basketball jerseys aren't that expensive. Um, You know, minor league baseball, college stuff like. It's not that expensive to buy a shirt. It's yeah, insane. Adidas and MLS are really uh, doing a number on us, Trevor. So this is the box that I got the jersey in. Uh, yeah. And that is a bit more defined honeycomb that I think you would yeah. be liking to see. Um, yeah. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. So New New Jersey's great. We love that. Uh, congrats to all those involved. You did. You did good. You did good. Shout out Nick and everyone else. Um. Moses Nyman, uh, the DC United homegrown player. He's 19 years old, uh, maybe former youth national team player. I say maybe because I guess he technically still could be a youth national team player. Um, he was uh, transferred to Beveren in, uh, in the Belgian second division last August or September uh, in a move that confused a lot of people. Um, but you might also be uh, aware that Beveren is uh, one of Blitzer's other clubs. And we got Moses Nyman. Officially. He's been at the club for quite some time, uh, at least a couple months, I think. I don't um, think it's a couple months, but he's been here since the beginning of preseason. Which how, when did preseason? Like mid-January, wasn't it? Yeah, okay, yeah. About Mid- a month. He's January? been a, over a month. He's been at the club. Yeah. Um, just vibing, hanging out. And we assigned him. Uh, we officially signed him. He's a midfielder. He's a he's a kind of a undersized midfielder, but he's got some got some upside. So, yeah. Do you have any coaches a, that have uh, outlandish concerns about the size of players, though? Is that no? Really I don't think there's anything there to be concerned about. Okay, <laughs> all right. I, no I, one's on record saying anything. About how I do. I do want to go back and make the joke that I was going to make before Trevor made that joke. Is that uh, <laughs> it's it, you know this must be why we didn't get a lot of preseason coverage like during preseason is because there was that whole thing last year where Sergio Cordova was in Arizona with them and they accidentally had him in the background of one of the hype videos that they put out. That was so, so weird. Maybe that's why there's no hype videos because they didn't want to let out the, the secret that we had signed a 19-year-old midfielder from a second division Belgian team uh, that yeah. everyone's confused what he's doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to make a quick clarification because we signed him on loan. We right. sent him on yeah. 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 transfer, so which uh, we did the same thing as Sergio Cordova. So yes, uh, there's clearly a model here. We discussed it a little bit last week, where um, I think we are going to get certain types of players through the 
the blitzer, blitzer the blitzer brella as it were and the blitz brella and uh don't expect any you know um christian benteke's maybe do you expect some sergio cordova's and moses nyman's who knows and uh what's his face chris Cablan. i was gonna, i was gonna say uh the the heartbreaking thing is that we didn't get chris Cablan back because yeah that was i terrible. think i think i'm maybe the only person here that actually saw him play um, no, I saw him play. Uh, I saw him. I went to a Monarchs okay. game. He played at. I was gonna say, I think he played two Monarchs games, and I think yeah, you were at one of those at the other. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, RIP our hot king. As I say, forever in our hearts. I miss him. I just instantly shot to the top of the charts as the potentially the hottest player we've ever had on on this team, but um love to see it uh we did uh make the vera signing official uh, we talked about this last week as well um it was pretty much i think we said it was pretty much a done deal but we did actually get it inked club announcement and everything um one 1.8 million smackaroos is what yeah I think the number going around is and um i've seen a lot of projected lineups this year both from uh, RSL-related people, both from the league and other MLS coverage. Uh, pretty much everyone in agreement that Vera seems pretty likely to be the starting left back at some point this year. I'm just going to pour a little bit of uh, water on that because by all accounts, both from what we've heard from people at the club and also the official club roster announcement that was sent out, he is listed as a center back and he is going yeah. to be center back number three. Mm-hmm. And you can expect uh, Brian Oviedo to be uh, LB one uh, and Andrew Brody likely to be LB two uh, and Brody or uh, and Hidalgo to be um, Bodie Hidalgo to be RB two. So I say I say before we go nuclear on that, let's let's do that in the in the more roundtable discussion. Sure. That sounds good. We'll save that uh, because we yeah, we'll talk about roster depth. Um, we did get the, like I said, the official roster. So uh, by all accounts, looks like a very talented player. Um, watched a bunch of videos of this guy. I think he looks really good. And, uh, cl- you know, Colombian outlets have good things to say about him. Uh, I think he's I think this is a good, fun signing. I've got I'm not going to say anything else. Uh, anyway, <laughs> last week we also talked about uh, potential changes to the MLS playoff format. Um, and we described in detail what those would be, uh, which includes a first round of the playoffs. That's a best of three. That's uh, some, we got some questions answered as well, because none of that is aggregate score. It's just best of three, no draws. And uh, both. Uh, in both conferences, nine teams would be making the playoffs. Teams eight and nine play a one-game knockout to advance to the three-game series to start the official playoffs, uh, and then it's knockout games from there. Correct? I, I so, believe. yeah, and that, does, that means uh, there's yeah. no buy anymore, right? There, well, there okay, is. So there is because of the wild card say games. Teams one through seven get a buy, then you can. But yeah, yeah, there's no first round, first seed buy. Which, never mind. Yeah. I, see, <laughs> I I like to okay. I like to think that like MLS was like sitting in a room and they were like, you know, hey, the playoffs have been really great and really exciting for everyone the last couple of years. How can we make it worse? Uh, and then Apple came into the room and Apple said, hey, we want more games to show on our service, but we need to cap them at two hours. 
And so they said, okay, well, we've got this idea to make it worse that will give you more games and cap all the games at two hours. Here you go. I, and it just like, I boom. Don't think this was Apple driven. I think this was straight like owner driven. And yeah, I think it was, it was owners that were like, we want to get into the playoffs because that's successful, but we also need to be able to sell tickets to the playoffs, which means we also have to have a home game. So find a way where more teams get into the playoffs and the teams that get into the playoffs get a home game. Yeah. And in addition to that, because that's going to mean more games, we can't have this extra time malarkey. We just, (laughs) because that's going to burn out our players, we're going to have to play more games in a shorter period of time. So we can only limit these games to 90 minutes. And also, since we're doing a best of three, ties don't work in that scenario. So let's just get rid of that as an option. So we just have to have a winner. And it's 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 like the, it's I'll, like they try to save reservation until I see it. But I'm not excited about this at all. This all sounds really stupid and dumb. And there's going to be a lot of teams that are very excited about being pretty bad for most of the year. Well, and we saw I mean, we saw this last year with MLS Next Pro, this whole idea of just no draws going straight to kicks from the mark. Like it's not. No one enjoys it. Like, I, I think, you know. The only people that enjoy it are people that are that have a stadium like what the Monarchs play in, where the supporters sit literally right behind the goal and can just yell abuse at the other team's goalkeeper while they're getting ready to take the penalty kicks. Yeah. But yeah. like other than that, it's like no one wants to to go straight to kicks from the mark. Like it's not exciting. It's not. I don't know. I it it, I, it feels to me like I've gone to I've gone to to youth soccer tournaments where they've done away with extra time just to meet a time requirement they go straight from a draw to kicks from the mark because they've only allowed two hours for every game and so yeah. that's how this feels to me is that they've said we only allow two hours we you know we've only allotted two hours of coverage or whatever and we don't want to go past that so we're just going to do away with this one part so it also like kind of feels like it's hedging against uh upsets being playing like a part in this like um it like when we think about it from an ownership perspective trevor i think you're absolutely right in being like okay this is another like big money making event to be able to give more teams a home at least one home game for the playoffs which is something that you know we haven't had here in quite some time i think it's been a while um and what this does it not only gives them that but it also kind of shores up at least with these like first it, it kind of you know, the better teams are more likely to advance. The more put together teams over a three game series are more likely to advance uh, than like one off uh, upsets that we have been seeing in MLS with this new format that we've been doing. So we're once again changing the format to something that is not reflected anywhere else in the entire world when it comes to soccer. Like this is a completely unique uh, tournament format that is just kind of it's proprietary and it's 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 something so but it's, yeah it's, I, i'm gonna uh, i was gonna say i'm gonna come down harder on this than i think even trevin was willing to this is stupid this <laughs> well, is no, so stupid it's so stupid to have a three game series and then go to single elimination knockout and all the other rounds like you want a home playoff game do a home and away like they do in many other competitive formats like the champions league or something like that this is so absurd yeah, I'd rather go back to, to the old just one round that has these special rules and no, but, but even more than that, like it just it sucks so bad because you cannot build any continuity in this league. 
Like you, can't. you cannot historically compare any moment in this league with another moment because it's always different. They're always changing the rules. The postseason format is always different. Just make something that people like and is fun. And then you have you can build the tradition, the tradition around it and people will like it and they'll understand it and they'll know what's going on. But changing the format every year is so exhausting. It's stupid. You know, the casual fan doesn't understand how the playoffs work because it wasn't how it worked last year or the year before that. And it's so stupid. I'm so sick and tired of it. This is the thing I've got. I'll use a personal example. I've got a coworker that moved here uh, from Washington. He's a Seattle Sounders fan. Um, he got season tickets just because he likes watching RSL and anytime Seattle plays, he's going to give those tickets to somebody else and he's going to go buy tickets to go sit with all of his friends. Um, I've got another coworker that is buying tickets to a couple of home games. Isn't really a soccer guy, but me and this other coworker are, we're soccer guys. We're trying to get people to go to RSL games. This guy that is not a soccer guy. I now have to explain to him how playoffs work. He's a sports guy. He understands playoffs, but I need to dig into the nitty gritty of this year's playoff system and explain it to him in a way that makes sense to him. And now I have to do that every single year <laughs> because every single year they change it. And because I pay attention to the league and I know what's going on and I follow the rules and I understand roster rules and mechanisms and all that. I have to learn all this so that I can explain it to everybody. I'm going to have to explain this to my dad now because they've got a new playoff system. And my dad was just figuring out last year's playoff system and the year before, but he's just a casual soccer watcher. He occasionally watches RSL and this is dumb. Like how can we expect like even the hardcore fans like us hate this and hate having to learn this every single year and we're the ones that now have to disseminate it to everybody else because it's just, it's different every single year. And we have to, we have to learn it so that we have to explain it to people. That's the, that's the part that blows my mind is like, you can't have casual fans enjoy this playoff system because it needs to be explained to you. Yeah. Every single time. And it doesn't make sense. It's not like a normal standard thing. You can't be like, Oh, you know how they do it in the Premier league or, you know how they do it in, (laughs) baseball or you know how they do it in college basketball or any other sport there's no parallel to this system so you have to start from scratch and you'd be like oh it's the playoffs it's just a playoff structure but that doesn't cover it because every round is different everything is different there's just i don't know how they came up with this because they had to start from scratch with the worst parameters possible and they just had to meet those parameters and the parameters suck and that results in a garbage playoff system. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm hoping yeah. that I can forget <laughs> about how garbage this playoff system is before the playoffs begin. We w- we have to. We, we have or else to. we won't. <laughs> and even like I mean, Phil Neville, the coach of Inter Miami, came out and said that it was garbage that we didn't even know the playoff system until yeah. you know five days before the season starts. There is so much about changing this playoff system, the system that we have now, that it's just. Bad, bad, bad. And it's just going to lead to teams not caring about the regular season, which is kind of seems what MLS wants. They're putting in the league's cup in the middle of this. They're trying to make all these other things the bigger deal. And so now we have to, who the guys who have bought season tickets, the people who have bought season tickets now have to go to 17 games that who knows if the team actually cares about because they're yeah. going to get into the playoffs if they're 500 or if they're close to 500. See, yeah. which is just 
it's so not good for like the product. The product is the regular season and the playoffs is like the cherry on top. And the product now sucks. Nobody cares about it at all. And the cherry on top also sucks. Yeah, there were already like a bunch of games toward the end of the season, like uh, across the league that were starting to already feel like, you know, the dog days where it's like you can clearly tell teams don't care about these games. And there's even more incentive now to like, uh, you know, if you're if you're targeting one of these like not home field advantage uh, spots in the top half of each conference, then like there's less incentive to really be fighting for these spots. And uh, we a few episodes ago or two episodes, I don't know. We talked about that number that I think Trey mentioned of being like 55 games potentially. Yeah. Um, and Jeff Reuter, he said, did some back of napkin math. Let's say LAFC, Austin, Philly, or Orlando make a push for glory. 34 games in MLS, up to six playoffs, uh, up to six playoff, and then five in US Open Cup, up to seven Leagues Cup games, up to eight CCL games. Rosters are not deep enough for 50 to 60 games. No, um, <clears throat> rosters aren't deep enough for 35 games. Yeah. Dude. Sorry, that's right. and that's up to six playoff games without the wild card even. So like, yeah. I mean, assuming they skip that, like that's a lot of games. And yeah, like I said, these roster and like Jeff said, these rosters are not deep enough for this. And it's just, I mean, Colin, like you tweeted about how just like we don't need more games. And it's really it, it, it feels so cynical to just like from from these different leagues, from owners or whatever, to just continually push, be pushing for more and more games and players be playing more and more games, these midseason or these yet yeah, midseason tournaments that are being introduced. Like we're seeing this a lot with with, you know, this has been a thing with soccer teams playing in a variety of competitions. It's starting to bleed in other sports, too. Like we see. Uh, the NBA has been floating around a lot of ideas around like midseason tournaments like, oh, let's just stick playoffs in the middle of the year. Or maybe we get some teams from other countries to come play some games in the middle. It, it's it's a thing that's bleeding everywhere because each one of these events represents money for a TV deal. The event itself, it's just all these eyes for advertising and it feels bad. Like it's just it feels it feels bad being part of this of this just machine. and it. And it like Colin, I like I completely agree with what you're saying, where it's just like these moments can't be can't be compared. I mean, even when we think back to RSL's championship, RSL got into the playoffs through the Eastern Conference wild card and we're the the representative of the Eastern Conference and that MLS like we also like played the L.A. Galaxy in right in the mls cup that year not to say like there's anything necessarily wrong with that because conferences in general are kind of like a weird uniquely american thing because of how freaking big this country is but it's just like we have all these things that are like so not only unique to this league but they're unique year to year to year and i felt like we had finally found like a pretty decent uh format with these like you know with the single elimination games where pretty fun like i'd way rather go back to other like versus this i'd rather go back to just the home and away and follow the rest of the world uh than in the way that we do tournaments everywhere else but instead at least at least we're keeping single um elimination after the wild card and that first round but it does feel like the first round is just a way to weed out some of these chances for upsets so owners can like hedge their bets against against that happening but yeah that's the other thing that 
I, I really truly hate about it is that it does like kill the chance of a Cinderella run and they're going to, the argument is that like it makes the regular season more valuable, but it doesn't because then mediocre teams like RSL are just going to shoot for that eighth or ninth spot and just get their home playoff game. Cause that's their goal. They just want a home playoff game to sell playoff tickets to. And if that's all they get, they're going to play this, the kind of soccer and they're going to have the kind of team the RSL had last year. And they're going to be happy and content with that because they get a home playoff game. Yeah. So the it, thing doesn't, that's, it doesn't incentivize a regular season in any way, except for the LA team that's already going to be at the top of the league because they spend $17 million a year on players. I, I just want to, I, I do want to take an opportunity. Trevor came in here with some big positive energy. And I want to bring back the positive energy a little bit because I have a feeling that we're going to need some positive energy touch points in here. Um, So the first positive point that I want to bring up is, as you kind of said there, but you made it a negative, is that this pretty much guarantees that we're going to make the playoffs, which is for some reason the benchmark. Like, I I don't understand why that's the benchmark, but if that's the benchmark that everyone has for this team is to make the playoffs, good. This new format means that we'll probably make the playoffs Hopefully before decision day this year, that would be crazy. Um, the second positive, I don't, and I don't think this team makes the playoffs. I'm going to put on, I'm going to put on my my conspiracy theory hat. Okay, maybe, just maybe, this year is the last year before we move to an Apertura and Clausura. Maybe, maybe they're just like, hey, we're going to overwhelm people with so many games that they're like, oh man, you guys got to cut this crap out, and they're going to go, you know what? If we cut a couple months out of the summer and a couple months out of the winter, all of a sudden we're on the international calendar. Look at what we did for you. Ooh. I do think that there's I'm with you. Like in the back of my brain, when they announced a league's cup as like a mid season tournament thing, it really kind of felt like they're trying to establish a midpoint in the season where they can do like a mid season playoff and then like an end of season playoff. So they can do like an Apertura Clausura type or style of like season it that's another way to get owners happy and excited about more playoff games which they can sell more high dollar tickets to and like i could see it i'm not sure that i like it but like i could definitely see it i just like i'm so tired of like and it's you know because of the way that mls is set up it's like such a money grab that like if i buy into mls my team better be making money right like that's from an ownership perspective that's like what you're doing yeah. Um, and so, of course, like all these new owners are like, oh, well, we need home playoff games now. We need like all this. I can't be losing on my investment. I bought into this league. But it, like it sucks because the quality of play is worse. You know, the, the more you ask these not deep rosters to play more games, the more players get hurt. The, you know, the quality of the games go down. And it's just really frustrating from like a fan perspective, because like I'd really like to see the best quality on the, the pitch. Right. And even in the like a league like the NBA, where, you know, they're talking about adding more games, they already have too many because you already have a bunch of stars sitting out for load management and things like that. And so it's like you're just going to end up doing stuff like that here. Like RSL's roster is not deep enough to play 50 games. It cannot like there's there's just no way you, you like and, and the quality of some of those games when you play that many is going to be very, very poor. Yeah. Yeah. The quality and like, do we really need uh, the eighth and ninth seed like the 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 potential for a ninth seed in the Eastern or Western Conference hosting a playoff game like is that really a necessity like for example okay so 2022 end of season Inter Miami Orlando both finished with 48 points Inter, so Inter Miami was sixth Orlando City was seventh 
Um, Inner Miami averaged 12,600 fans a game uh, in 2022. Like, that's tickets. Just, hold on. Let's, let's, I, that's tickets. That's, sorry, tickets, that's sold. tickets sold. That's not attendance. Sorry. They averaged the uh, 12,000 tickets sold a game. Like, do we really need? I appreciate uh, you, Ian. Do we need my Inter Miami to have a home game? In in play in in the playoffs this year, like it's just well, yeah, because they're going to sell twelve thousand tickets, but they're <laughs> going to be at one point seven times the regular price. And cool. once it's a playoff game, maybe you can sell thirteen or fourteen thousand tickets because okay. people be are like, oh, it's a playoff game now; it's more important. We're just aching for that inner Miami atmosphere. Anyway, so uh, yeah, big changes for MLS playoffs. We'll see what it's like in twenty twenty four. Big things coming then as well. Hey, I'll, I'll, I can do this transition here. Are you ready? Please. Speaking of money grabs, MLS uh, recently, Don Garber in the media, talking about adding two new expansion teams, uh, potentially pointing out Las Vegas and San Diego as the uh, potential new expansion teams, which, guys... I don't care. At this point, I've got to be honest. I'm almost positive MLS is a pyramid scheme. MLS is going to 40 teams, uh, and it's going to... San Diego and Las Vegas are obvious. They're like, I, I don't Vegas being an obvious one is kind of weird, uh, but whatever. Uh, that's just kind of how things are going in sports in general. Uh, Indy is another big one. Sacramento has been uh, on the the list for quite some time. Phoenix, Louisville. Um, there's there's a lot more that are probably just going to continually be added. I think 40 really does. Uh, I think they're going to go beyond 30 and they're just going to keep going. I don't know what this league looks like in 10 years. But it's definitely going to be way different, and like I, at at some point, don't you just have two different? Itself. You just have two different leagues. You definitely like we already leagues. don't play every Eastern Conference team, yeah, and we already play like some Western Conference teams are like a weird, uneven amount three like, times. Or, yeah, like it, it's it's, it's got to get to a point where you either split it up like you know the the NFL with the two separate leagues, or you split it up by the conferences. And only Eastern Conference teams play Eastern Conference teams, and Western Conference teams play Western Conference teams. But like, it's getting too bulky. The travel demands are too much, yeah. and like, it, it doesn't make any sense. But like, more importantly, I'm not convinced that the league is like solvent unless it gets like that 500 million, you know, like dollar boost every three or four years from an expansion team. Yeah. Okay. Hear me out. What if we go to 40 teams? Okay. This is a wild idea, and we have a first tier that those are all the best teams and we have a second <laughs> tier where those teams are like not as good but we give them an opportunity where th- three can go down and three can go up at the end of every season and then every team plays every team in their division and then we can have like a tournament where those teams like get a chance to play each other and we can even tie in like the third and fourth divisions like <laughs> It's too insane to work. It's wild, but it you might it that. might solve the problem of forty teams. Okay, I need to be very clear. These these are fun jokes, but we're not going to do the pro rel. No, I mean like it will never happen because there's not a single owner who's going to buy. We are not doing that conversation. It's it's not a single, It's not yeah. pro rel. It's MLS next. It's MLS or MLS next. <laughs> MLS one and two. It's not promotion relegation. It's just. Yeah. There's no, there's no owner. There's no owner who's going to invest into buying into MLS. Who's going to let their team get relegated? It's yeah. not going to happen. There's yeah. no way. I do think it's very funny that because baseball is also having a little bit of this conversation about maybe expanding to more teams, and the conversation has come up um, about abolishing the American League and National League and just making one 
MLB where everybody plays everybody and it's a lot more even that way. I just think it's funny that baseball is having that conversation about merging leagues with expanding teams and soccer is having the conversation about condensing the teams or splitting them into two leagues and, and with more teams. I think, I, mean, I think anyway, for real, I, th- I think if they add more teams, they go to three divisions while having a Western, Eastern and central, like yeah. it'll go to the USL oh, model. Like I, Oh my God, this reminds me. So if they do do that, one of the selling points of that is that it's going to create better rivalries. Cause you're going to be playing more regional teams more often. And, and you're going to have, teams playing each other more often and that that's going to lead to better rivalries or something like that, which may or may not be true. I don't know, but that's also a, a talking point with the playoff format is that this best of three is going to create rivalries. And by the third game, <laughs> the players are going to hate each other and it's just going to be <laughs> such a, a, an intense game and, and contention. And it's like, I don't want that. Like I enjoy rivalries. Don't get me wrong, but that just feels like, manufacturing rivalries which is what this so league has done for the first fly back and forth you know what at, twice as a new yes. as a new junior hockey aficionado i can tell you what if the same two teams have played each other three days in a row that third night is a bloodbath and it is worth every dollar you spend on popcorn okay yeah right and now. in hockey that's great bloodbaths are awesome but i don't want that from like my decision day game in soccer like i would rather the better team plays better soccer but if you get soccer players mad at each other it just turns into the kind of soccer that everybody hates where the referee is the 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 show and maybe that's everybody's coming to see fouls and yellow cards and like it just creates bad soccer maybe that's all it does maybe this is how hazy gets back into the team (laughs) we've really spiraled off this guy (laughs) yeah anyway so that uh and then finally idea. the last news item matt's way better keeping us on track sorry uh Cord- sergio cordova is an officially uh vancouver whitecaps player and we got 300k in allocation money for his rights which is hilarious cool. that we had yeah, rights. just just the funniest mls mechanism to say that a player we never even had an official contract with another mls team has to give us money and a draft pick in order to sign him <laughs> super he- funny it's absurd it's it's very funny to analyze this like when we first heard the news i was like well when was the last time like you try to make comparables right so i was like when was the last time a team had a player that was then signed by another team later and they had to trade their rights for and like how does this trade compare like to trades in past history that are similar to this and i don't know that that's ever happened but it led me to the conclusion that like rsl didn't negotiate this deal this yeah. is straight up just like a roster rule that exists. Yeah. And in order for this roster rule to exist, like MLS just has to like follow their own rules and give RSL some money for it. I'm pretty because sure like this is like deal, essentially us having discovery rights over Cordova, right? Like, yeah. yeah. It, it's basically that same thing. But when he first came over, like to start over the all the players contracts are with the league. So they're like negotiated with the team's, but like the league has the contract, right? So it's crazy that the league has a contract for Sergio Cordova to come over and play for RSL. And then RSL says, no, we don't want him anymore. And then another team is like, oh yes, we would like to get that player. Let's go negotiate with the team that he's currently with a transfer fee. And then we have to negotiate with the player, the personal terms. But then also they have to add the wrinkle of, well, RSL had him last year. (laughs) They're not related to this deal, this new deal in any way whatsoever but because the league is negotiating the deal 
they have a rule that says you have to give RSL something. Well, so I think and it, 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 get, it creates the opportunity for RSL to just be like, no, you can't sign this player. Not because we're trying to sign him. We just want a million dollars for him. And Vancouver's like, no, we're not going to pay a transfer fee and then pay you a million dollars. So I guess we're just not going to get this player. So Vancouver gets screwed and the player kind of gets screwed. So there's no way that like the league doesn't just step in and just be like, we're going to give you 300,000. He's going to sign with Vancouver. And Elliot Fall just has to be like, okay. I, I do think though, and I, I may be wrong here and, and you guys are maybe a little bit more versed in the rules, but in order for us to retain his rights, that means that we've made him a bona fide offer, right? Because yes, that's the only way we can retain his rights. And so we made yes. him an offer. It wasn't good enough for him. And that's what kept us with his rights. And that is yeah. that is the part that I don't have any like real clarification on. But the theory is that because he had, I, I think there was an option to purchase. Yeah, or no, an option well, to extend the loan or something. I think it was like an option that? to purchase, but I think I think we offered to or we, we offered a transfer fee to uh Osberg and uh personal salary terms i think both fell short of both what Osberg Augsburg wanted and what Sergio Cordova was looking yeah. to make and i think whether you whether that was a real offer or not i honestly have no idea if he would have accepted yeah. that we probably would have had him back but that might have been just like a way to the uh, something you do to get this 300k <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 not very clear in the rules the rules say that we have to make a bona fide offer and there's no like clarification of what bona fide means. It's just that we made an offer and it could have been, we'll give you $50,000 a year. And he said, no. That's the thing. I, yeah. I don't think that you can give a garbage offer, offer like that. Yeah, I don't think you can be like a uh, minimum salary just so we can retain your rights. We essentially probably offered just to pay him the salary he was on last year. And then a transfer fee of basically the same value is what it's yeah. what we heard. We heard less than a million dollars and it was probably less than a million dollars for both the salary and, and transfer. Yeah. But anyway, Vancouver um, paid a $2 million transfer fee and we don't know anything on wages, but apparently they paid him a $2 million transfer fee and now he's a Vancouver player. And maybe we'll see him Saturday. It's not, it's not a loan. Yeah. They bought him. It is a purchase thing and he's signed for like they three years or something bad. like that. So yeah. Um, Good it'll be interesting to, to see how he does for them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he plays in a different system. I, I didn't think necessarily, I didn't think that he was necessarily held back by the way that we were playing. Um, that man had a lot of chances to score last year and didn't score a lot of those chances, but he did score a fine amount. As, so as as you would expect a midfielder to do. <laughs> you know, um, I, I I think Kyle and I have talked about it separately. I don't know what's funnier. Um, you know, if he goes and scores like twenty four goals, I don't know if that's funnier, um, or if he you know just ends up being a complete bust. I think. I think I could get some enjoyment out of both of them. Both um, would be so tasty. Yeah. So I, I don't know which one's funnier. Uh, I think maximum funny is that he somehow scores a goal that keeps RSL out of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I think that's by far the funniest possible scenario. Um, but I think the, and, I think the most important question that we all have to ask is: Will anyone else ever throw a dinosaur at him when he scores a goal? <sighs> Those are the best. That was the best. That was that was I a good was night. So. That was a great night. I loved that. That was a great. I was worried we weren't going to score that game. <laughs> I was terrified of it. Uh, and I'm glad he broke that, uh, broke the dam there. Anyway, so preseason has come to an end. We play Vancouver this Saturday, 830 and Sergio p.m. Cordova. Uh, against Sergio Cordova. It's at BC Place, beautiful stadium in Vancouver, Wash, Canada. Just kidding, guys. 
Uh, it's in Vancouver, no, it's Canada. Vancouver, and Canada. Um, yeah, it's it's on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. If you have T-Mobile, you get it for free this year. If you were like me and you paid for MLS Season Pass for a month and then tried to get it for free through T-Mobile, and then it said, this is for new customers only, you have to get a refund through T- uh, Apple first and then sign up for it again through T-Mobile and then you get it. It works. So there's some tech support I went through for all of you all. Wasn't that only yesterday, though? They, I think it's. I don't know if they fixed it, but everyone basically no, uh, they they didn't. I don't think that's something they fixed because they. Well, but I mean, the deal it. the deal was only for Tuesday, wasn't it? No, you can claim it for a couple weeks. Oh, okay. So, I think it was advertised as like Tuesday only, but it's like I think it's through the, the M- fine print. It's, said it's through it was the like T-Mobile through Tuesdays deals yeah. thing that oh, okay. they do, but it's you can claim it until like March 14th or something like that. Um, so yeah, if you have T-Mobile, you should do that because that's like a hundred and something dollar value there. Uh, anyway, so yeah, do that. But anyway, so we play Vancouver. Uh, we've had an interesting preseason. Trevor, I think you should tell us a little bit about the piece that you wrote in the Wasatch Soccer Sentinel about preseason in general. Um, because we've kind of had a weird, this is something that's, that's come up, uh, by, you know, a bunch of different people have brought this up, but and, and it's manifested in a few different ways. Like, I think there's a lack of hype. There's a lack of like real knowledge about how we did in preseason. And all of this, you know, kind of uh, creates this, you know, absence of excitement around the beginning of the season for maybe casual fans. They just might have no, you know, no, no idea what's going on. And you, you compare this to, I was thinking about like Utah jazz preseason and, you know, these games are broadcast on national television. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NBA's preseason games that uh, matter. I would say matter even less than yeah. uh, than MLS. I don't know why I feel that way. I feel like I feel like I've gleaned a lot more from NBA or an MLS preseason than than NBA preseason. And that's a perfect time to introduce <laughs> a guest on this podcast. RSL Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hi, guys. Great timing. I didn't know you were joining. We, Trevor was about to talk us through his article uh, that he wrote about the lack of um, RSL preseason coverage. Are and we going to put that on pause? Pleasure to see Sarah's face, and we can do anything Sarah wants to do so we can take time away from Trevor. So I mean, I'm, I'm mostly here to just like preach the gospel of the old Navy clearance rack because I am, oh I'm, I'm riding on a high. That Did you is, go to Old Navy today? Yeah. You left your house to go to the Old Navy clearance rack today? Guess what? When what? you go during a snowstorm, no one else has been. And so <laughs> they true. haven't picked through it. Wow, that's a, I hear, it was I hear, I hear Costco was a ghost town today, so it would have been a good day to get a freezer. Wow. Yeah. Pro tip, go out when it's uh, miserable. When it's incredibly dangerous and miserable, you should all be shopping. You can save a couple of dollars. <laughs> Where's the closest Old Navy to... Is there an old Navy downtown somewhere? Isn't there an old Navy like outlet? Uh, I feel like there's one in Lehigh, isn't there? Okay, well, Sarah didn't drive to Lehigh. No, I didn't. I went to Sugar House. Sugar House. Okay, okay that makes sense. Over. That's right. Everybody but I really want to hear about Trevor's article. Yeah, actually. Trevor, tell Trevor, tell us a little bit about about what you learned because you kind of sum, you summarized. Say, and then we can get Sarah's perspective on jazz preseason. That's true. Compare it. So yeah. I, I had just mentioned that NBA preseason games are broadcast on national television. And this has been a problem with MLS in general. We've had we've had different level, varying levels of access to MLS preseason games over the years where we've watched bad YouTube streams, 
um, which we still enjoy doing. Uh, but Trevor, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So a little, just a little background. Um, I mean, like years ago when it was kind of the wild west with, um, how teams handled their own broadcast deals and stuff like that. Some teams would broadcast their preseason games and some teams wouldn't. Um, RSL was one that historically has always wanted to be on TV or available to watch at any time. So they set up streams for a lot of their preseason games. And some of them were good quality and some of them were very terrible quality. Um, And some of them where the team couldn't set up some kind of stream option. Um, I even remember I f- there was one game where somebody, I swear, like periscoped the game from their phone and they had, I don't remember numbers, but several people watched it for as long as they could keep it up. Um, so that's the kind of like level the RSL has historically tried to do is broadcast some kind of thing, whether it's one camera or multi cameras or a good production or, um, kind of a crappy production, they tried to broadcast it. And in the past two years, they, they haven't. Um, we were told specifically that it was Apple that killed it last year, um, and also controlled it this year as part of the new TV deal. Apple has control over preseason games and their requirements for broadcasting preseason games are way more than most teams are capable of handling. And that's why they just haven't been able to broadcast them. Um, but as a result of that, you just can't watch preseason games. Um, this year that usually leads most teams to do some kind of social media, something they post highlights. Um, and some of those highlights are again, like there's different levels of quality. Some of them have actual cameras and stands and some of them are just simply a phone on the sideline or a phone clip behind the goal uh, of somebody scoring a goal. And they're, they're putting out content. They're getting you excited about the preseason and RSL had none of that. Um, they didn't even have the team account like tweeting information about it. They didn't release real press releases about the games. They didn't give any kind of information to anybody. Um, there were there was one game that they uh, it was closed to the public, but it was uh, media could go, and it was supposed to be a game against UVU. Ended up being just turning into an intra squad scrimmage. Um, I was able to attend. Matt was there. Yeah, uh, we talked Caleb about Turner that was, that was there. The, the Hazi tackle one. Yeah, yeah, it, it was that one. So there was a couple of media people there that were able to watch it, um, and they were able to tweet about it, and, and we, we saw what was going on with the team. But other than that, yeah, there was nothing. They were in Tucson. Um, I don't think any media attended any of those games. Uh, when they went to L.A. to play that game, I don't think well, any media think, attended uh, that game. I'm uh, KSL Sports or KSL. I can't remember which one. I think he was there, uh, if I remember correctly, but I could be wrong. I, it seemed like he was. Yeah, he, he may have been. I know he was tweeting it, but then there was um, a couple other games um, where I know people were not there, but they were tweeting information from the games and yeah. they were just giving being given information from RSL, which I don't know how I feel because obviously like that's. It, it's I don't know how to trust the information about the game, like obviously they're giving the right scores and stuff, but if they're saying Gomez is looking great, like nobody, we don't know that, you know what I mean? Um, Anyway, it was just there was there was no hype at all about the preseason, and that's what the whole point of preseason is. There's people, uh, the one that I keep going back to. You're talking about NBA, and Sarah's going to talk about it. But for baseball, spring training is a big deal. Teams go and and they sell tickets, and people go to games, and they they sell out minor league stadiums. Um, they've got three or four thousand people who will show up to watch 
spring training games. And it's a big deal because you get to watch prospects. You get to watch young players and new players that are on the team. And you get to get excited about the upcoming season. And that's the whole point. RSL did nothing to, to promote anything that was going on. No rosters, no highlights, no video, no, no anything. Yeah, we had players themselves tweeting out video. So like we, we talked about uh, uh, Burton Jockison tweeting out his video of his yeah. goal in one of the early preseason games. We saw this again from uh, Jefferson Saverino tweeted a video uh, of, of a goal that he scored um, after some nice passing, I should say. Um, yeah. And then like we saw team updates coming or game updates coming through FC Tucson's Twitter account who wasn't even playing mm-hmm. in a lot of the games here. They were, um, they were hosting it. They're like the host <laughs> of the tournament. So they're tweeting it. Um, I did talk to uh, somebody at the team about it and the, the LAFC game. It's funny you bring up Burton. Um, the LAFC game was closed to the public. It was a closed door scrimmage uh, or game basically. And RSL takes that to mean that no information about the game is going to be tweeted out. And that was their reason for not tweeting anything about that game. Um, Burton eventually tweeted the video of it. <laughs> yeah. Got in a little bit of trouble because he wasn't supposed to, because it oh, was a closed door game. Oh. Not like real trouble. Just yeah. like, Hey man, don't do that. Um, but yeah, he wasn't really supposed to, cause it was a closed door game and they weren't supposed to tweet about it. And then there was another game that FC Tucson was tweeting about that was supposed to be treated as a closed door game. Um, but FC Tucson's the host so they can do what they want. Um, but neither team really tweeted anything about it. And that's that's what I was told was most of the preseason games were closed door. So neither team is giving information about it. And I just don't like that answer at all. I get that that's their reason for not doing anything, but that sucks. Because again, the whole point of preseason is to get you excited about the team, talk about the team, see new players, get excited about new players. And if you're playing closed door preseason games, it feels very much like the team is falling back into that we have to keep everything secret and we have to keep everything safe because the other team might learn something about us and that's an advantage to them. And like, I don't buy that. I don't like that. That's very stupid. That's the reason they gave for the lineup formations for years and it's a preseason game. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter at all. Like if you're worried about teams learning secrets from your preseason games, like you've got more things to worry about than that. So I wonder, I mean, very off the top, it, the idea of like secrecy during a preseason game is just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because, yes. like, I mean, you could say this about any like major or pro sport. Like, everyone knows everything, anyways. So, like, stop pretending like there's a bunch of secrets. You know, like, yeah, the fact that like NBA practices are closed, I can understand. Like, if a if a coach or something wanted to say like, hey, just like you're not allowed to talk about the things that we say or coach or like you know the stuff that happens during practice but like saying that they're closed like there's huge secrets like every every team does the same stuff there's like four different like schemes that people follow like you're it's not like we're like it's not military secrets that we're talking about it's it's soccer you know and so that's just like the first thing the second thing that comes to mind is like do you guys know any of the details of the like Apple contract, like how long the contract is, or if there's any sort of like renegotiation period that they have. The so so the contract is ten years. It's it's a hundred and I think there I think it's a hundred and fifty million dollars a year for ten years, and it was like it's somewhere in that because it was like fifteen billion dollars or something like that was like the total 
some crazy some some absurd amount yeah like yeah it, it's some absurd amount of money that makes it uh, and it's just a very long-term deal which mls it's loves to do 2.5 billion dollars over 10 years okay yeah <laughs> i wonder if there would be any way for them to renegotiate the portion of the contract that includes like preseason broadcasting because you know when these new tv deals happen and like especially in the nba many years ago when they started kind of changing tv deals like there would be different parts that would be renegotiated like you know regional broadcast networks have this many games and then the playoff games go to the national broadcasting networks and then the national broadcasting networks they they get their choice of like kind of the premier games during the season that they want so there's all these things that have changed over time but 10 years is a long time to be locked into something where you don't yeah. really have the infrastructure to broadcast preseason games based on their, the necessity, like what's needed by Apple TV. So like if they're yeah. going to continue to do that, that's insane. Yeah. yeah I would expect that to change as, as far as like, uh, I, I it, this deal seemed was like, so last minute, like a lot of the actual setup for this and like the details for how this was going to work was so relatively last minute that I would expect in the years to come, they will have standards about how preseason can or should be broadcast and maybe could help provide support well, for that. Yeah, but I would be surprised. My understanding is that's exactly what's going to happen okay. is in years to come, they will be able to deal with the logistics and the financials of broadcasting preseason games properly. But with the timing of the deal, yeah, just like the this season, it just wasn't going to happen. They, they want like not a, a regular season game quality, but they have a minimum number of cameras um, that they need in, in a minimum number of positions around the field. And like where most teams do preseason, a lot of them just aren't equipped to do that and wouldn't be possible to be equipped. So the idea is that in the future, they will have preseason games in places where they can put in cameras and yeah. actually be able to broadcast them. Well, right. I, or like, I, mean, I mean, maybe they just do something. I mean, just like off the top of my head, I'm spitballing here, guys. Okay. But... <laughs> Oh, Sarah spitball action here on Wednesday night. If they like KSL Sports used to have like the streams for all the games, right? And that was like Mm -hmm. free and everything. But like if they paid like a certain fee just just to carry preseason games, like not only would that be beneficial to KSL, but then like Apple would be able to get get a kickback from that if it was small. Like there's ways to work around this. Yeah. So I I, I think so they did they did do three preseason games on Apple TV. On Saturday night, they did an Atlanta game, they did an LA Galaxy game, and I don't remember what the third game was. Oh, did they really? Yeah, I didn't even know that. The quality is fantastic, and so nice. The the software tech engineer side of my brain says, I can see why they didn't do it this year because they did not know how any of this was going to work, and so they, and they did those. They did those three preseason games. We can we can stream three games simultaneously at the quality metric that we have. Now we're ready to go into the the first game of the season and hopefully do that. The question that I have for Sarah is when the NBA does this, when they do their preseason, are there still players that are trialing with the team? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the regular season's rosters don't have to be set until I think after the final preseason game. Okay. Yeah. And so they're, they're cutting guys like up to that point. Okay. Because that, that was going to be my other thing is like, Last year, we had Sergio, Sergio Cordova play all of preseason. And anyone that was there that knew anything about Salt Lake was asked not to say anything about it. And that's why none of the games were streamed. This year, we had Moses Nyman there. Um, regardless of whether or not that's what they were protecting, but 
you know, that's there, there's been a history in the past of these players that aren't officially with the team yet, haven't been signed, um, being in those preseason games and then not making it. And then other being like, Oh, we don't know what you're talking about. They never played for us. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, someone saw them play for you guys. Like, shut up. Like, we had that yeah, center that's... back years ago who was who was one of those. I can't remember what his name was. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a transparency issue within MLS, and it's it's like we talked about. There's some teams that just love keeping secrets in MLS and love not being transparent about stuff, and it's ridiculous. It, I mean, that it's that just comes down just to like change. the evolution of like you know collective bargaining needing to jump forward like 20 years, right? Yeah. Like, it just comes down to like if players are going to be like on, you know, we call them like training camp contracts or like training camp deal or ex, uh, like exhibit whatever deals, you know, and they're basically like a, hey, you can try out and we're going to give you this X amount of money. But if it doesn't work out, then the contract is like null and void. Yeah. And so like if the MLS had something like that, then it wouldn't matter if people saw them with the team because they would know that they were on like a legitimate deal that allowed for them to play in the preseason, even if they don't play into the regular season. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think some of the, some of the point would be that in MLS, um, there's not really like preseason is like a things that teams just set up themselves. Like it's not something that's necessarily like established or mandated by the league. Right. And so it's like, like someone like Sergio Cordova is playing in these like basically unsanctioned games that RSL is setting up, but, but like not on an official RSL contract. So that's more of, that's also like part of the problem is like, you know, there's no sanctioned like, Hey, this is preseason. You're going to be playing these number of preseason games against these teams. Like that's not controlled at all by the league. Yeah. Which is again, just another like MLS coming, becoming like a legitimate pro sports. MLS just needs to grow up. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah, and like a lot of these games, I mean, I I can't remember I who all we played, but like some of these aren't MLS teams. Um, but across yeah. preseason, I'm just referencing special correspondent and uh, Big Daddy Lucas, his article. <laughs> Big Daddy Lucas, I love it. <laughs> uh, where he 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 had an article uh, recapping preseason, um, but this was, I mean. RSL concluded their preseason friendlies. Uh, the last game was against the Chicago Fire. So this closed out um, our fifth game where we went, I think, three wins, two draws across um, these five games. RSL scored 13 goals, conceded only three goals. Um, but specifically in preparation for the Vancouver Whitecaps game this weekend, uh, RSL was kind of set up in a formation that I think is probably exactly what we're going to see on Saturday. Um, McMath, Oviedo, Glad, Silva, Brody, um, and then Lawfelson, uh, Ojeda, Saverino, Krylock, Chang, and Julio. I think that's probably exactly what we are going to see um, against the Whitecaps. So, can I, can I make a real quick point? Sure. A couple more quick points, but one directly related to what you said. We scored 13 goals across yeah. five games in preseason. Yeah. We sure did. How is that not like the most exciting piece of news? In uh, uh, we well, don't know that. So five five of them came against El Paso Locomotive, which I don't is care. a team that the Monarchs beat up on. So goals, dude. Yeah, I, yeah. We have we scored, scored a, a lot of goals. And we're we've not giving up two, goals. We've seen two of the of those thirteen goals tweeted out by the players themselves who scored them. Sava scored uh, at least a couple uh, new new signing 
Gomez scored a couple as well. We haven't seen either of those. Outstanding. Um, That's great news. I'm really excited about the season now that I know that because. (laughs) If we're comparing this to like NBA stuff, like you were talking about. Does like does the NBA like or this should be about getting people excited about the season and it doesn't even matter if it's real like that happens in the NBA all the time. Like if we go back and we think about like the Jazz's like intra-squad scrimmage with jared butler and everyone being like oh man he looks great this guy's gonna be the next he he's not even playing in the nba right now yeah, like it totally. doesn't matter if it's not real but it can be real and like i remember can be. one of the one of the like the first big moment i think that probably anyone remembers about donovan mitchell and his time with the jazz was locking up jason tatum in uh, at at where the Rocky Mountain Review, baby, at the Rocky Mountain Review that summer, or whatever that was. I, I um, was there. I was, I was there actually too. there for that game, and it ruled. I was there too. It was up at uh, whatever it's called at, on on campus, um, the Huntsman Center. Huntsman Center, yeah. Um, like that was a moment that was from like a off season friendly against the Celtics with two new players into the league, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is getting me really excited for the season." Nodman Mitchell still could have been like a bust, maybe he was never going to be, but there was still like so much excitement around that time because of these games that people got to watch and see and yeah, watch and highlights like, from. The NBA does that, like talking about like El Paso. The NBA does exhibition games against like Australian basketball teams and totally. stuff during the preseason. Like all of this stuff happens in other sports leagues, and you're able to see it, and it's very exciting. Like people get so excited and especially when you bring in like some sort of friendly exhibition game against a team that's actually not in the league then you've got two completely different fan bases whose eyes are on something yeah and it just like it generates more eyes and the idea that there needs to be any sort of secrecy doesn't make sense because every pro sports franchise wants eyeballs on things because that's what generates money yeah, but yeah. hold on. But I think I think to that point though, I I, I was mostly going to bring this up as a joke, but I think I got a button on that, right? So, in I just pulled up Instagram because I was I was thinking about this now. Um, in the last in their last, hold on, I lost count now. I got so excited that I got so excited that you set me up to put a hat on a hat that I forgot. <laughs> um, uh, so they're in their last however many posts they have posted thirteen times about the new uniform and one time about preseason. And there's like four posts about players' birthdays, and then there's a couple posts about practice. But let me every let me every 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 yeah. single post is look at the Beehive State kit, and the current link in the thing is straight to the shop for the Beehive State kit. Yeah. So they do not let care. Me, me, like they're not selling the team, they're not selling the game. They're they're going to sell out every game this year. They don't care about that. They're they're worried about you buying a hundred and sixty dollar kit and. Some yeah, of us suckers want, bought one. Exactly. <laughs> if you want to, if you want more people to buy those, get more eyeballs on the team. Yeah, and let me let me speak to that just a little bit because um, I did talk to the team again about this, and I did get an answer as to why they're not talking about preseason. It, I don't think it's a great answer. It's kind of a, I mean, it is the answer, but it sucks that it's the answer, and it's just simply that, um, the new ownership for. They've had this long to figure it out, but they haven't quite figured out how much staffing they're going to put in different departments. And as part of that decision, 
they haven't been able to hire the staffing that they need. So the team is short staffed, which isn't news at all to anybody. Yeah. But the team is short staffed. And so because of that, they had so many like priorities and projects that they wanted to do this season. And they just didn't have enough bodies to do all of them. So they just had to drop some of what they were going to do. And one of the things they dropped was preseason coverage. It was a decision that they made and they went with it Um, as a result of staffing. In addition to that, they were going to send uh, video people down to Tucson um, and they were going to send social media people down to Tucson so that they could take video and post it and do, you know, all the stuff that we're asking them to do from Tucson. Most of those staff members managed to get COVID the, like a couple of days before or the week before they were scheduled to tra- travel down there. And so they just couldn't. They did have people scheduled to go down to Tucson and yeah. do all that stuff. They got sick and like that sucks, but that's the reality of what it is. So we're dogging on the team for not doing the preseason. And I think rightly so, but the team, like, they have some good reasons. And I just want to put it out there that they do have good reasons. They do have reasons. I don't think they're good reasons and it sucks, but they have their reasons and that's the decision that they made. But it It does kind of show you that there's like these, uh, I mean, if, if this like amount of coverage can break down because like, you know, some people get sick. Yeah. Like they should be two or three people got sick and all of a sudden they don't have anything at all for preseason. Yeah. So they have kit was definitely one that they were like, we're going to push the kit really hard, obviously. And you see that with 13 Instagram posts. Yeah. So, so on, on their site, they they did end up getting uh, Lara's really good photos of preseason. Um, they got a, th- a through the lens series from preseason, yeah. which I always really appreciate. She's an incredible photographer. The photos are amazing, um, but kind of matches what you're saying. Like there's no video to go along with like all this stuff. I, but again, these photos are very good. And then a couple um, posts from Meg Van Dyke. Um, both Real Salt Lake player insights from the preseason, and that's a wrap on Salt Lake Real Salt Lake preseason to give some thoughts about uh, you know there's a positional breakdown and one and who's where and then a, a summation of of what took place in preseason, which which is great, but there has been it's a glaring enough, like lack. It's not good and enough. It sucks, and the people that that are there, <laughs> I believe, are, to, are are doing what they can, but like it's pretty clear that like. I, I, it seems to me that there's going to be some standards set by Apple this year. Um, and I think there's going to be, I think we're, we're seeing where there's gaps in, in coverage and like where we might, uh, rank up against other teams, for instance, and we'll see what preseason looks like next year. I would expect it to be very different than what we saw this year. This year felt like a very, uh, purgatory year where, uh, there were a lot of questions about what this was going to look like after the last season ended. And we had, didn't hear anything about Apple for months. We just got like a list of the commentators and analysts like a month ago or less than that. I think not even a month ago, like two weeks ago. Yeah. So like yeah. Apple has been, this is kind of all coming together uh, very quickly. Um, so I like am willing to, this is another year where I'm kind of just like, well, <laughs> it'll probably won't look like this again right. and who knows what next year is going to look like but i i'm hoping we see some changes in this department uh next year yeah absolutely anyway i was gonna say we got a game coming up against vancouver this weekend so i say we start previewing the season going into it yeah so Jeez, Louise, um, it's in three days 
Yeah. yeah. We play we play an actual MLS game in three days. Like I mentioned, we don't have a home opener for two weeks after that, until two weeks after that. Um, but as I mentioned, that that final preseason game we played against Chicago and that lineup that uh Lucas wrote out in his article is likely what we're to see. Um Rubio Rubin's on red card. Um Gomez, Vera. I don't even know if Vera's with the team yet, actually. Um, um I, th- I think someone was someone said they were told uh maybe before the Sounders game, but by the okay. home. Oh, that's for right. Sure. That's right. Yeah. I think you I think that's what Trey mentioned. Anyway. Um Gomez, we're not expecting him to start, but hopefully we get him some substitution minutes. Um, I think we can expect Jasper Lafelson to be uh kind of a super sub this year in the midfield. I don't think um, un, I guess until uh Brian Ojeda potentially leaves this summer. Um, but yeah, I think we're likely to see a very familiar lineup uh to what we were seeing at the end of last year, um, with a couple small changes. Demir Krylock is going to be back uh this year. I think we've all made our concerns about relying on him this year uh pretty clear. I I back injuries just make me really nervous. Uh he himself has talked about how he's learning to play through some pain, um, which is not what I love to hear, but uh Demir is Demir and he's a very important player to this club and has been for a few years now. So all right. Let's let's talk. I, I shut the conversation down earlier. Let's talk about <laughs> the the Vera being third center back. Uh what the what we're hearing through the club channels is that uh Brian Vera, who ostensibly has played his entire career as a left back, he is played. going to be serving as RSL's third center back as yeah. like CB3 in case Marcelo Silva or Justin Glad gets hurt. Yeah, so the club lists uh, seven center backs on the official roster, one of which Hazi Roscoe being out on loan. Uh, we have Marcelo Silva, Justin Glad, Brian Vera's listed as uh, the third center back on this list, Eric Holt, Delens Pierre, and then Zach Farnsworth. Um, Brian Vera, uh, I think, let's see, he made... Eight appearances in the last year at center back, which isn't nothing. Um, eight out of how many? Uh, I I don't know out of how many. All I know is uh, they had two wins during those eight games in which he was at center back, which I I didn't watch those games, so I, I don't know what that means. But um, it's it's a little interesting to spend one point eight million dollars on a transfer fee uh, for a player that's third string center back. I don't. If we're planning on him being around in the future, maybe the maybe the goal is to make him the replacement for Marcelo Silva. Um, maybe that's mm-hmm. the right choice. It's just interesting so how, when everything. Hold on, before we can decide that, how tall is he? <laughs> Actually, yeah, we need to know the important details. Um, because if he's not the right height, then we know he can't fill in for he's Marcelo definitely Silva. Definitely taller than Because uh, we used to, I would assume so. How um, funny would it be if he wasn't? <laughs> oh, what's one point eight meters? Almost six feet. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's. Don't tell me that's wait what. Height what is listed as five eleven. Five point nine feet. Well, that just that's. What's <laughs> <laughs> what's point nine feet? Okay, let's convert it to Google let's... says he's five eleven one seventy. Okay, he's nearly six feet tall. I, I'm not saying he he like shouldn't be center back. It's just interesting to spend that much money on a player who's, uh, by all accounts. Choice. 
a left back. I think he's as much of a left back as Aaron Herrera is a right back. Aaron Herrera made just as many appearances at center back. And I wouldn't, I don't know if there's anyone who would definitively say that Aaron Herrera is a center back. Um, so it's interesting. Like we, we wouldn't have listed Aaron Herrera as a center back despite him no. playing that position in a three back for, I don't know I how think many games, but what I'm hoping, and this is kind of, yeah, this is hoping. I'm hoping what they what their plan is that he's primarily like a left back or a left-sided center back in a, in a three-man back line. And I'm hoping that that's their like primary goal is to play him at left back on the off chance that Silva can't go or something like that, or they just need to rotate him. I think their idea is that he can play center back. He's capable, so he provides cover. He's not going to like sit on the bench unless he can play center back. I think their goal, or I'm hoping their goal and their plan is to play him mostly at left back and occasionally play him at center back as like an emergency kind of cover situation. That makes sense. I could see that. I don't know. I, could, I, could play I think that. The, I think I'm playing in an emergency at that. As like their I, I think the thing that you're, I, I think, think the that thing sucks. that you're glossing <laughs> over maybe, and I don't know, like, I just like, this is the thing that makes my head want to blow off is it's a $1.8 million transfer fee to sit on the bench, the same bench. No, that's what I'm saying. The I, same bench I that a homegrown player was sitting on. A homegrown yeah. player that could have made you money, that could yeah. have developed into the role, instead mm-hmm. of moving that player up like a development team with one of the best academies in the country does, you then spend $1.8 million to bring someone in to, to occupy a spot on the bench. Yeah. Or, or you it's, know, the other the other really terrible way to look at this is, oh, we're just going to go three in the back. Cool. So yeah. we sold the best right back in the league for pennies, um, and we paid one point eight million dollars for a guy that can play left center back. Maybe, maybe, who knows? Maybe. I want to make one quick point that you're clearly talking about Hazi being the the homegrown. There are two other players on the roster that are center backs that are also homegrown. Right, but they haven't been. But they haven't guy. been sitting on the bench, like Hazi. No, Hazi has MLS minutes. Right, right, Hidalgo no, I'm doesn't. About, like I'm talking about. You know, I'm not sorry. talking about Hidalgo. I'm talking about Pierre, Zach Farnsworth and Pierre. Pierre. And Zach, yeah. yeah, yeah. Those two are also homegrown. That also we should be developing and simply aren't. For I mean, and there's reasons. Delance is brand new. He was in college for the last four years, so can't really get mad at that. Zach Farnsworth has been injured for two and a half years, but yeah, he, he just if you're going to play the homegrown game. We we still have homegrowns that could play above yeah, him. But again, no, you said you said a them. player that just came in from college and a player that's injured for the last two years, neither of which have MLS minutes, had good performances in the MLS, and played MLS next pro minutes. I know. So I, like, I'm not I'm not trying to disagree yeah. with you or, or anything. I'm just adding more context to what you're saying. It is kind of silly that we it, that we paid two million dollars for a guy that is going to just take the spot of guys that could be there for free. Well, you know. someone someone who wrote an article on Wasatch.soccer uh, today pointed out the center back depth position as being one of, uh, you know, a potential danger for this team. Yeah, um, because let's be honest, after Glad and Silva, there's no proven talent or not necessarily proven talent, but proven guys with MLS minutes who you can really say are going to step in and do a great job at the MLS level. Right. We know Eric Holt is not it. Right, yeah. like I actually think the resigning of Eric Holt is oh, like shoot. was like three homegrowns on the roster. I totally forgot yeah. about Eric Holt. <laughs> so does everyone yeah, else. I, I think that project is yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So like we know we know it's not Eric Holt. We know he's not good enough, and I think he's old enough to not expect him to develop, you know, significantly more. Um, and so it's really hard to say, you know, like unless Glad and Marcelo Silva are playing the maximum fifty games this season, uh, that this team couldn't be in trouble when one of those guys isn't playing. Well, and that's that's why I think the club is putting out like Brian Vera is also a center back cover. I think it's to just cover up the fact that we don't have center backs. I right. I I hope and pray that the team is not really looking at Vera as our center back solution. I hope that they're just putting that out there as thoughts to be like, hey guys, so, yeah. we're we're addressing the center back situation. We have addressed it. We've spent a lot of money on it. I, that's I, I mean hope that's the, that he's not the solution because that that's the thing that's like, really frustrating to me. He's is, a bad solution. That's the thing that's really frustrating to me is that like, I mean. He, I, I guess ostensibly you could look at it and say like, Hey, we signed a guy who can play two positions and that's great. That's actually good yeah. money. But like you need like at the MLS level, like the, the level of attacker in MLS is so much better than the level of defender. Yes. Right. Like when teams go out and get designated players, they're getting attackers who are going to score like 12 goals, uh, you know, like 12, 15, 20 goals. Like that's what they're looking for. So like the level of talent in the attackers is so much better, better than the defenders. That like, man, it's tough. Like, you need somebody who's really good and experienced at playing center back in this league to like have good success. And like, I I don't know that being like, hey, a left back who can play center back is going to get us through these hard times. Like, there needed to be a depth signing at center back, and I I'm not convinced that Vera is it. No, I, th- I also either. feel like in yeah. RSL's case, like. They, they, it always feels like they're kind of playing the middle of the road between like, hey, we're going to address these issues and go get some greatness. And they also like want to like be like the homegrown. We're going to let guys prove themselves. But like you kind of have to commit to one of those, right? Like yep. if you're not going to use the guys that are homegrown and not even give them a chance to prove themselves, then you actually have to go out and get stuff. But if you're not going to go out and get stuff, like you've got to do the other one. You can't just sit in the middle. Yeah. You can be the Philadelphia Union and spend money on that. You could have designated players uh, in the attack and then fill out your roster with actual homegrown players and see a lot of success through that. Um, you guys remember when Johan Kapelhoff played for this club last I year? Do. That feels like a very distant memory. Uh, I mean, it was a, it was a compl- it was a complete disaster. Well, he had, yeah, the, we, same, he had the same number of caps for RSL as uh, Ryan Oviedo last year, which is kind of interesting. Um, but anyway, I uh, yeah, I I I agree. I it, it is kind of like the uh, um, we'll see what position he ends up playing. It does kind of feel like a Sergio Cordova signing, but in defense, in a way where uh, maybe we sign him. We he has a position. We expect him to play a different position because we it's a position of need. But I honestly think uh, left back is quite the position of need for this this team, and it has been yep. for quite some time. And that's why I'm also hopeful, uh, like with Trevor, where it's just like this is hopefully just a little smoke and mirrors to say, yeah, we're uh, feeling the the need at center back depth. Um, but we because we already have this left back that we signed last year, but. You know, we had been running Andrew Brody as our like one left back for way too long. Uh, and I had a lot of concerns about left back in the future. And I think Brian Vera as the long term solution at left back makes a lot of sense with uh, three homegrowns sitting behind our two uh, MLS starters that we currently have. But anyway, I mean, I realize anything is possible um, and you can get really lucky seasons. 
with with the expanded max match schedule with the the league's cup in the middle and all that kind of stuff i just cannot I, you know i am so worried about marcelo silva missing 12 games because if he misses 12 games then like vera is not playing as left back he's he's slotting right into center back for a long period of time and then you're also relying on you know an older brian oviedo to be healthy for most of the season and like you know, it, it really only takes one domino in that back line to fall before you're like you're really starting to scramble for guys who are like able to play in those positions. It's almost like this is not a well constructed roster and this is not a good team. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, well, OK, look. here's the thing. I am. I don't I don't know if it's just like the sickness that I have going into every single season. Yes, Kyle, I, it is. <laughs> it's, it's probably that. But I'm I'm sickness yet is again. Exactly the word I would use. I am. It is a. <laughs> I am, I'm fine if it's a sickness. It's I, real sicko hours for Kyle over here. I got, we got confirmation that the taco truck will be back in the supporters lot this year after being told multiple times last year that that was not going to be a thing this season. So that's uh, a huge relief. I am excited to spend time with my friends. I am excited to watch this team play soccer games on soccer fields and score some soccer goals. Um, and I whatever I they can not post anything about preseason. It doesn't matter. They can't stop me from being excited about this season. Um, and I don't I will never ever overcome this sickness. I don't care. Ask me about how I feel in the middle of probably June or July of this year. And I might be singing a little bit of a different song, but that's OK. We they could have got you more excited, but they didn't want to. They didn't, they yeah, didn't want to push you too far. They didn't want to. It's probably my you. fault that they dialed it back. Because if I would have been even more excited, there would have been, I would have been put on some lists, folks. Yeah. Can you imagine if there had been like one or two more depth signings? Like you would be. If they signed a, if they would. They would have you like institutionalized at this point. If they signed on the moon right now. Yeah. Oh boy. If they signed like a solid twelve goal a year MLS striker. I would be like, like imagine if they imagine if you had the same team, but you just had a really solid right back who you had brought up through the system for many years. Um, <laughs> if we had, Aaron, like, do you think that that would be a nice thing to have? Hold on. But, but which is nicer, a really solid right, right back that came up and has done really well for the team or $500,000 across two years. Yeah, that's I, I would say that that's the thing about the the Aaron Herrera thing that really gets me is like you could have just gotten you could have just expanded the depth of this team and just bought Vera. But like, I, I don't know if the I don't know if the roster machinations make it so that you couldn't based on like international signings. Like, I'm too stupid to know that. But I'm like, is there a situation in which you could have just kept Aaron Herrera and not cheaped out? Yes, on but I, I think getting money we, back. We could, yeah, have, we, we could have kept me, Aaron Herrera and signed Brian Vera. Yeah, let me make it very clear. The roster rules are very stupid, but that means that the answer to any roster question, could we have kept this player and still gotten enough? Yeah, you absolutely could have. So, yeah, my understanding of like the, the MLS like contract situations and rust like roster machinations, this is like, yeah, there's rules, but they're all bendable. They're all bendable. And like RSL is spending, I, the numbers might be wrong, but the idea is close. RSL spending like four or five million dollars a year on payroll. LAFC is spending like twenty million dollars a year on payroll. There's a wave that we could have kept Aaron. Her Aaron Herrera was not like a salary cap move. Yeah, there's no and way. Also, uh, we literally just got handed three hundred thousand more dollars of allocation money by simply not signing Sergio Cordova, and that yeah, 
I, like if we wanted to keep Aaron Herrera for another two years using some of that allocation money to buy down his salary even more. Maybe like that's that the long game with Vera. Like, you know, he plays some sort of weird depth piece that we don't need for a year. And then through some roster machination, we get $300,000 next season when he goes to Vancouver. Yeah, I this feel like is, I need to say the word machination now. Everyone's yeah, dropping the M bomb. <laughs> Everyone's saying the M word. The M word. <laughs> um, I spot. mean, the thing the thing about Vera is that he's an official signing. That is true. That is good. And he, there's some videos of him taking free kicks and scoring some free kick goals. I don't know if you guys are. Uh, anyway, where um, where are these videos? Were these posted by the team account? By the official no. Real Actually, Salt yeah. Definitely. One was in one was in a highlight video that they posted of Brian Vera. So ha. Ah, Trevor, suck okay. it. I've invited Trevor right. to suck it. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate that we finally have the Brian on Brian battle, battle we've always wanted at left Brian back. on Brian on Brian. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I guess the, just a left back. Okay. Yeah, just a left back. <laughs> yeah. The layer this Brian. Is, this is probably not as important as any of the other things we're talking about. but <laughs> oh, This is exactly what we need in this conversation. Let's go. So I went, I went back through the Instagram posts, right? Okay. And I was looking at them and it's like, you know, the day that the the new kits were revealed, huge hits on those, a lot of likes, upwards of 2,000 likes on them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once you get past that first day, like one of the highest hitting posts that they had was that one preseason post. Huh. Proof. Proof. Interesting, baby. Proof. Yeah, we, uh, I, I really wanted more preseason, but it's fine. It's fine. So it's totally fine. So I, the like, question it's definitely So the question is is does that mean that everyone's really excited about preseason and the new kit? Or does it mean that nobody likes Brian Oviedo and they don't want to celebrate his birthday? It means <laughs> that four hundred and forty two people liked the happy birthday to um Hidalgo post. Yeah. But Here's the thing. M- more what are you than a baby triple, or something? Do you need somebody to tell you happy birthday when you're like 30 something years old? I don't care. No yeah. one, no one, who cares about your birthday? You, you had a soccer game on your birthday. We all celebrated your birthday at a soccer stadium, Kyle. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> imagine if I had been like, uh, mm, I want all of you to stay home from the soccer game so we can go freaking eat at my favorite restaurant instead. No, I would never. Well, I'm sorry. Never, yeah, you're right. I didn't bring you specifically gluten and dairy free treats. Yeah. This is Listen, unreal stuff. Here's, here's the thing. I would never want anyone to go out of their way to do anything to celebrate my birthday. The fact that you guys did is just unbelievably kind. I would just like to go on record saying that I would love for everyone to go out of their way for me. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Just absolutely put it in whatever professional contract I sign. For players, I don't need a birthday celebrate on social media. You're telling me I need to see a birthday post for Brian Oviedo every single year. That's my point, though. Is the 400 likes. On a professional how many years, how many page years we, is not yeah. a lot. How many years are we going to be celebrating Brian Oviedo's birthday? I'm, no, I'm we're not doing my whole, my whole I mean, like for one or two more before he dies at 34 years old. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My whole goal for 2023 <laughs> can be that is old. to get the team to post about Kyle's birthday on their official account. That's the this only thing I want to do. I am oh, nothing I would hate. More. I am manifesting that. that. that we, so we can make this happen. I, we have the connections to make this happen. So easy to facilitate. I you have no idea. Be miserable. <laughs> I am going to be. I, I know exactly who I have to send a clip of Kyle. Saying, Everyone's going to forget about this about by the time. No, it's my already in my calendar. I, it's, it's already. <laughs> It's right next yeah, to birthdays are really easy. It's right next to Matt needs to come back. This has gone off the rails. Matt, tell them no. You can't. They can't do this. Matt. Oh yeah, Matt. Matt's really a guy who tells people no a lot. 
Are you guys going to call Matt Big Daddy Matt, too? I... <laughs> Beep. I don't yeah. think they've been... <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. We'll bleep. Whoever's in charge of bleeping. <laughs> Matt's going to be in charge of bleeping. Matt, Matt cut this in post. Two, eleven. <laughs> Man, I got to make a note. <laughs> hey, it's Matt on the road. I hereby authorize... Uh, maybe not the nickname, but uh, you don't. We don't have to bleep it. So uh, I'm excited to listen to this episode. I've only listened to that part. And anyway, enjoy the rest of the episode, everyone. That's just a We're personal two, question. Okay. I'd like that question answered off the air. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you're just making the edit longer. <laughs> yeah, this is ridiculous. Anyway, uh, okay. So anyway, Kyle's birthday. We're gonna birthday. Get team no one knows what my birthday is it. anymore. I'm erased. I'm getting it legally changed. No one's doing anything. <laughs> Uh, for my birthday. Anyway, Sarah, thank you for joining us. Colin, Ian, thank you both for joining us. Trevor, you don't get a thank you because this is our job, baby. Absolutely. We're just putting in work, but thank you. Well, anyway. no, hang on. We got laid off from this job recently. You we can't did. say we that anymore. We started a new, a new Chara. Chara. I called you Chara. Chara, that Sarah, that chair looks really comfortable. It is really comfortable. <sighs> We've been doing this for way too long. Wow. You got a nice sure view out those windows. I'm liking the, well, thank you for the tour. Oh, uh, Sarah is prominently displaying a David Ochoa Believe poster above her bed. So, oh, and if you think that's a poster, you're wrong because it is. Oh, we can't hear you. Oh. You walked away from the mic, Sarah. Hello. Yeah, there, there you we are. Go. Uh, if you think that's a poster, you're wrong because it is literally the metal poster <laughs> off the wall of the stadium. I don't. Nice. So I wasn't. I wasn't wrong. I was just didn't consider the material the poster was made from. It's literally screwed to my wall. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can only Incredible. imagine that it is. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's been a pleasure, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, go to a watch party on Saturday. Uh, watch the game with friends and uh, and support enjoy. junior hockey and support Idaho Spud King junior hockey. Yep. And buy buy a jersey. Of, a, of your choosing, it doesn't need to be any any jersey. How much okay. is a jersey from the Spud Trevor? Kings? No more questions. Bye, Listen to okay. Unsalvageable. <laughs> listen, okay, yeah, find Sarah <laughs> oh, on sure. RSL, plug Sarah, R- RSL Sarah on Twitter and listen to uh, her RSL related podcast, Unsalvageable. Goodbye, everyone. It's been a pleasure.